0: Did you say, say what kind of animal was that attacked her? So they're saying some type of animal attack. Statistically, there's been more animal attacks, mysterious deaths, people gone missing. In other news, local authorities remain perplexed by the animal attacks. What attacked you? Welcome to It Was an Animal Attack, home of the Supernatural drama series. I'm Sandile. And I'm Fadzai. And today we're here to talk about a small favorite of mine, a discussed character, but somewhat pivotal, the mother. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: other mother, not Esther. The other
0: mother. <laughs> mother of two main characters, Stefan and Damon Salvatore themselves, Lillian... Lily Salvatore at first we should say Lily Salvatore played by Annie Wershing who sadly passed away early this year I believe or was it last year? I think it was this year. It was this year. It was just before the last one. A, lot, Us has, came a
1: on. lot has happened this year. So it feels as though.
0: It feels chock <laughs> yeah, a block, man. Yeah. A
1: 2023 rewind regarding celebrities is going to be insane. Like, way too much has happened.
0: But yes, voice actor and I believe also motion capture for Tess in The Last of Us video game. She was also in an episode of Supernatural. I believe I tweeted at her about that and she liked it so i'm gonna hopefully really? go back yes yes i've been screenshotted I
1: can find that archive it you know before elon kills twitter true that she was also in a show i watched i didn't enjoy it as much as vampire diaries but it's based on something that i really love it, it was the marvels the runaways Uh, based on the runaways comic she played leslie dean uh who was main character carolina
0: dean's mother okay no but yes a wonderful actress and seemingly a lovely woman rest in peace annie in terms of her performance as lily one that comes crazy late on actually in the show she's not a character who comes up i would say a lot but honestly really at all for the salvatore brothers The parental relationship that's often referenced is with their father, who was this authoritarian figure, Giuseppe Salvatore. He's the one who technically killed them. (laughs) Technically? (laughs) Technically. What do you mean technically?
1: I think he literally killed them. He did literally shot them both. He technically fired a shotgun at them and they died from the bullet wounds. (laughs) Technically. I guess I was
0: going to say technically turn them into vampires, which very much was not his intention. Oh. He did, however, very much intend to kill them. Did he kill them just because they were fraternizing with Catherine? That's crazy.
1: I mean, you know, knowing knowing who Catherine is, can we blame him? But yes, I think that is the main reason. He, wow. In fact, because Stefan... And Damon didn't realize it was him because they didn't see who shot them. When Stefan in transition shows up to see his father and his father's like, what? I thought you were dead. (laughs) (laughs) Stefan is like, wait, you were there? You saw us get shot? And then Giuseppe's like, no, I shot you, like personally. Like it was me.
0: (sighs) Goodness. And when is like,
1: How could you kill your own sons? He just says you were dead to me the minute you decide to with the demons, aka the vampires. So you
0: gotta love that puritanical society values. It's really shining glory at the end of the day. But yes, Giuseppe, their father, is usually the referenced figure when we go into flashbacks of the Salvators because as they mention, I think Giuseppe himself talks about it in the first season very briefly, and then they later bring it up in season five, in that episode where they're ringing bells for dead people they talk about how their mother passed away of consumption when they were very young oh yeah i don't i don't think she's ever named no 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 in any of those scenes like they never give her a name no stefan just says it was his mom yeah they we don't hear her name until she shows up In season six Just Mrs. Giuseppe Salvatore (laughs) Which I mean 1860s makes sense It's season six When Caroline's mom Is sadly passing away Because of cancer And so Stefan is spending A lot of time assisting Caroline And while she is picking up flowers For her mother's memorial service Stefan starts to talk about His own mother Who passed when he was young He mentions that she was sick And that Giuseppe sent her away to go die elsewhere, essentially in like a a (laughs) ward for people with TB. Yeah, it's, it's really oh it's not great wow Giuseppe was
1: like you have birthed my heirs Uh you've done your job yeah you've given me two one and a spare and now you're kind of just (laughs) like being a downer to like the whole atmosphere of this household I need you to go away and die (laughs) where I don't have to watch you
0: he probably didn't even realize she was ill he was like your womanly times are happening more often than (laughs) I'm used to and I don't want to deal with it out of my house Stefan's talking about how he's trying to relate to Caroline's current situation. Is talking about how he would often, you know, pick flowers and kind of dilly and dally so he wouldn't have to go actually see his mother while she was sick. And he regrets doing that because... By the time his father sent her away, he didn't get a chance to say goodbye. He brings this up in an effort to get Caroline to spend these last moments with her mother instead of busying herself with the organizations of a funeral before she's even dead. Mm. So that's like a little early glimpse of the Salvatore mom that we get. It is when Barney, trapped in the prison world in 94, while she's trying to escape, gets jumped back and forth between her prison world and another prison world from 1903 because Kai, Malachi Parker, who's currently the Gemini Coven Leader, is sick for magical reasons. He's busy trying to sort that out. Him and his twin sister, she's giving him her magic so that he can be resolved. But Because he's the Gemini Coven Leader, the prison worlds are tied to him and they start to go haywire as a result of his illness. Bonnie gets thrown into 1903. She ends up at the Salvatore house, the old Salvatore house that they grew up in, and encounters. She doesn't know who it is at the time. She just sees this... Old timey dressed woman, hair in a very nice curly updo. I thought her fit was really cool. I don't know. She was giving yeah. woman in white, haunting the halls of a mansion. It was very, <laughs> very, very, very nice. It was, it was nice. Long story short, Bonnie, as she's about to escape, she's like, Who are you? And this woman's like, Who are you? And then Bonnie gets whisked away by like the ascendant spell that she uses to get out of her prison world. Having recorded this with her camcorder that she had in '94, without even realizing, she shows this to Damon once she's back in the real world and Damon recognizes this to be Lillian Salvatore, his mother. So this is the first that they've heard of that she's not dead, right? Because as far as they know, she was sent away to the TB ward. She died of TB. They had her funeral and they moved on. I guess they buried an empty casket? I guess.
1: Because I think Damon goes to check because he's in disbelief. And he's like, no, I know I buried my mother. And when they check, it is indeed empty.
0: Well, I guess they were. Why would they have any reason to doubt when the funeral was going on? I guess my curiosity is what was Giuseppe's whole deal there. Cause he sent her away, she died, and then he was like, eh.
1: Maybe he didn't know the casket was empty either. Maybe she pretended maybe she to like oh. and dug her way out. I don't know. <laughs> that would be insane. I don't know how she faked it. But I think I think Giuseppe truly believed she was dead and that he had buried her. Yeah.
0: In my mind I'm like maybe for quarantine reasons because she had consumption. But then why would Damon think they buried her? They would be aware that they had to have an empty casket funeral because of quarantine reasons. In any case, this is the first they've heard of Lily being alive somehow. Around this time, Stefan and Caroline have their humanities off through a a series of shenanigans, but essentially what they've deduced is that Stefan is Caroline's humanity trigger. They can't wake her up until they've woken up Stefan. And so Barney goes well, hold on, we've just found your mom in a prison world who, I think I said this in Kai's episode as well, but Stefan's last memory of his mother is an angel coming to his room after the funeral and telling him that everything was going to be okay because he was so distraught and grieving. I guess he was 10 years old and didn't know how to grapple with mortality. So she says, if there's any sort of humanity trigger for him, that's going to be it. So, Bonnie, Damon, Elena... And Kai, because Kai's the one who runs the prison worlds now, they head into (laughs) the 1903 prison world. The inmates are running the asylum,
1: as they say. Ain't
0: that the truth? (laughs) Yes, it is the equivalent of like, the baddest inmate in the prison got hold of the keys. Which, listen, (laughs) abolish prisons, but not Kai. Please, Kai agrees to take them into the 1903 prison world. They go in to go rescue Lily from there. And Damon encounters his mother for the first time in, God, 150 years? Must be, yeah. They meet her and Lily is this very distinguished woman. She has all the affect of like a 19th century woman. She says, oh, how good it is to see you. It's interesting. She had, I wasn't sure the last time we referenced this, but she does in fact have photos of them as adults. Lily mentions that she's been in this sort of snapshot of reality Since 1903, she's been surviving on very little blood. All the nearby spots that she visited, she's drained them. She says every slaughterhouse. She's very much rationing herself out now and has been kind of awaiting her inevitable desiccation. I think Damon divulges that Stefan killed their father and Lily laughs, (laughs) which I thought was iconic. She says, oh, I apologize if that's cruel, but I hated that man. Deserved. Deserved. (laughs) Damon starts going into the fact that she, you know, abandoned them and left them with the very man she hated. So that's a thing that sort of starts up that'll continue to be a through line for the rest of her presence on the show. But we'll put a pin in that one. Damon and Elena explain to her that Stefan is a vampire as... Oh, (laughs) I kind of glossed over it. But yes, Lily is trapped in this prison world. Also, she is a vampire, which was not a fact about her that was known prior to her departure. Assumedly, she became a vampire after the fact. It's all very murky at the moment. But they explain that Stefan's humanity is switched off at the moment. And that they need her to come with them so she can turn it back on. And she's like, absolutely, that's my son. I want to help out. Real quick, though, I've got like six other people with me who are my besties. So let's, <laughs> let me just tell them what the situation is and we can all go. And knowing nothing about these besties damon and elena are already hesitant which is like
1: all right guys i mean to be fair to delana which is not a phrase that i will use often (laughs) to be fair to delana having trust issues after everything they've been through yeah makes sense i mean they've been betrayed they've been betrayed by people they thought they could trust yeah they've had people who were enemies occasionally have a ceasefire and then turn their backs on them again Elena was tricked into feeling sorry for Catherine and then had her life stolen. (laughs) Oh. And how many times has Elena run into a stranger when she was human, who then turned out to be yet another vampire who wanted to kidnap her? (laughs) Oh, you know
0: that girl can't take a simple morning jog without being accosted by villains (laughs) yeah so i guess introducing six new unknown elements to the situation is probably tough to handle
1: also they probably thought that you know the only other prison world that we've heard about is the one where kai was and he is Mm. a monster he is not okay so yes whoever this world was built for probably (laughs) I mean the Gemini Coven
0: aren't the best, but <laughs> they were clearly
1: right about imprisoning they Kai. They usually
0: are putting the worst <laughs> of the worst, yeah. And I guess to to elucidate a bit on it, they at the moment are under the impression that this prison world was for Lily because Lily. As a vampire in the late 1800s and the early 1900s was in fact a ripper, a ripper vampire, which, I mean, I'm sure is a well-known term, but if we haven't touched on it in, in clarity, there are some vampires, very, very few, and it tends to be vampires who are, I guess, very benevolent in their human lives and so are almost at odds with the nature of vampirism, become vampires who have this, like, insatiable hunger. They go crazy when they get a drink of human blood and they start ripping heads off and they can't be stopped. And Stefan Salvatore, of course, is a ripper. It's one of his, like, defining core traits. He drinks animal blood as a result because human blood is not a good situation for him. Or anyone around him.
1: It's yet another one of those terms in the TVD universe that is just... You know, just a a noun that comes from a verb. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, ripper... Capitalize the R. It's a thing now. Uh-huh. We we first hear the term when Klaus is saying that he knew Stefan in the 1920s. Memories that he had compelled away, and he was like, "Oh, you were the you were the Ripper of monterey And then later on, it then gets used as like, "Oh no, Ripper is just this term for vampires who do what Stefan does when he's off the wagon." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Kind of feels like it wasn't initially, but sure. By the time we meet Lily, it's apparently so common that she just say "I was a Ripper," and it's like, oh, "Okay, everyone just knows what this means."
0: <laughs> it's like and she she's knows been that they tra- know outside of reality since 1903 and she knows the term so clearly it's big enough yeah (laughs) yeah that is kind of odd because the ripper name now that you mention it because i've never thought about that transition the ripper of monterey Especially in that time period, it's very much in the style of how they named serial killers. Yeah. Because there was the Axeman of New Orleans killed so many people, but like he became an urban legend because everyone thought he was a ghost. The Ripper of Monterey was in that style rather than, like you say, capital R world building element. That it becomes later onwards.
1: I do know that there's there's one flashback when Lexi meets Stefan for the first time and she says oh my gosh you're a ripper but I don't know what season that was in.
0: There's one of these latter seasons where we start exploring like history of Stefan and Damon over the decades. I think it might be season four or season five. We encounter Damon about to go off to war, we encounter Lexi and Stefan While Stefan's off the wagon. Lexi's trying to convince Damon to, I don't know, do the selfless thing for once in his life. Around that time, I believe, is when we see when Lexi and Stefan meet for the first time.
1: Ah, yes. Okay, so that would have been after the whole Klaus thing. So yeah, it, it definitely just evolved from a title that seemed to be created for Stefan. And then suddenly it was like, yeah, this is just vampire jargon now.
0: But through that evolution, it does make for an interesting sort of storytelling bit here where we learn Lily is a ripper. It's almost this hereditary thing. And it actually works great because being a ripper in the story of Stefan, the lens I like to look through it as is like addiction, specifically like alcoholism, right? I think narcotics works as well too, but like just addiction in general is the, the kind of thing Thematic vibe that you get off of this Ripper situation that Stefan goes through. And more often than not, addictive personality is a hereditary thing. If you had a parent who suffered with addiction, you are more likely to suffer with addiction the odds go up
1: it definitely made it seem like it might be a genetic thing it's just unfortunate we never see any other rippers in the series so we never get to compare notes and see oh is it is it always a genetic trait it could also be linked to trauma because both lily and stefan who are very compassionate but also sensitive people went through a lot of trauma as humans before they were turned into vampires, yeah. so if that that might also exacerbate whatever genetic
0: predisposition they have towards it. God, just cool stuff. That if there was time, <laughs> listen, this <there's>, more <laughs> often than not, something about this podcast has really been been warming me up to the idea of fan fiction. <laughs> all the like, what so is? <laughs> if nothing else, if that nothing was my else. plan all along, Sun <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know me, I'm not like a huge fan of the concept of fan fiction, or at least I haven't been. And something about exploring the vampire diaries retrospectively and going, damn, wouldn't it have been cool if they'd explored A, B, and C? And now I'm like, oh, this is what AO3 is for. Okay, gotcha. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, AO3. I, I'm thinking about all the stuff that's on there. <laughs> Oh boy! I'm gonna go learn how to do HTML coding so I can start doing my TVD fix. But anyway, <laughs>
1: I would read your TVD fix. Oh. I know that Damon will die in season one. Oh, it's easy. fine. as long as Caroline still gets his blood so she can become a vampire. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> Listen, there's a route that starts or rather solidifies somewhere around season three. I'm going to have to think more about it before I put my thoughts on a public platform. Let me ruminate on it more as to how I would have done Damon. Okay. Yes, so Lily saying, yeah, I've got my traveling companions, quote unquote, that are obviously going to be coming with us as we get out of this hell we've been trapped in for a hundred or so years. She leads them into this other room and we see this table Where six figures are seated Completely mummified Grayed out You recognize it instantly If you've been watching this show For the five seasons you have been They're desiccated vampires For some reason though The vampires who walk into the room Are stunned and horrified And it's like I don't I'm pretty sure one of you Has been actively mummified before So I don't know why this is so Shock horror The Conjuring too. It's like I I don't know why you guys Are (laughs) acting so scared by this
1: I don't think Elena or Damon had ever been fully desiccated Before
0: I think Damon's been Dried out in a cellar or something
1: Yeah but not like not, but They, they, they know weren't how dried it up works. like Pearl was When Anna got her out of the tomb
0: Elena has seen Pearl Damon has seen I don't know Klaus they've seen desiccation
1: When Elena saw Pearl it was probably Pretty terrifying she was still a human It was new to all of this Anna tried to feed her to Pearl
0: True okay well I guess she's Experienced with PTSD <laughs> Oh, no. And for
1: Damon, for Damon, it was the flashbacks to how he spent years trying to get Catherine out of
0: a tomb <laughs> that she was never in. <laughs> <laughs> Lily explains that these vampires saved her from essentially a Ripper fugue state. That as she was traveling with them, their companionship and their camaraderie sort of softened her worser traits and kept her stable and in fact they loved her so dearly that they gave up their rations of blood to her so that she would be able to survive because she needed more than they did and she learned to control her bloodlust so that she would survive and therefore she would get herself and her companions out someday. Following this very like kind of heartwarming and heartbreaking story damon speaks to elena about how his mother's crazy which is like all right (laughs) i don't (laughs) i don't know what about that would lead you to believe that but sure damon lily goes to get the last of the blood that they have in store in this prison world salvatore mansion i think bonnie then comes back from like trying to kill kai That's... We got into that in the Kai episode. Go back to that episode if you want to hear about all that. But she comes back and has the Ascendant. Or rather, the Ascendant was always in the mansion. She was leading him off on a wild goose chase. But with Bonnie, the Ascendant, with Mama Salvatore, they're ready to leave. Damon tells Lily that they have to leave now. And they're not bringing her companions with them. And Lily says, uh, well, then I can't go. These are my family. And... Damon threatens to leave her in the prison world as well if she won't go with them now. At this point, Bonnie is already mid-chant, ready to use the Aurora Borealis that is passing by to, like, zip them back into the real world. Kai, who escaped Bonnie's murder attempt, comes back at the last second to the mansion and sees them sort of whisk up through the ascendant spell. And it seems that Lily has then acquiesced and gone along with them to leave the prison world and go back to the real world. So, they get back to the real world in the current Salvatore house. Lily's back. She is acclimatizing to being into it. And then she and Damon have a talk because they've mentioned this memory that Stefan has, which up until that point, they thought was a dream, right? Because it was after her funeral. Stefan's like a child. So it's like, oh, a child, dream up, crazy things. But... Lily says that she did, in fact, visit Stefan the night of her funeral. She leaned down to whisper in his ear what she says. Everything is going to be okay. But at this point, she's a vampire because she turned and then came back to get her kids. When she leaned down to Stefan, she started to hear the rush of his blood. She started to hear his heartbeat. And she realized she was about to feed on her own child. And so she ran away for their safety and it's not the way that Damon thinks it was cuz Damon believes that she abandoned them with their abusive father and she's like if i had stayed if i had tried to take y'all i would have killed y'all because i was a ripper vampire so i needed to get myself under control and come back another time
1: and she was she was brand new as well like she had just turned
0: just turned she says, I promise you, I missed both of you as much as you miss me. I am your mother. <laughs> I think of Hereditary and I think of that SNL skit with Zach Efron and Fred Armisen. <laughs> <No reference. laughs> I know both of them. Yes. I was like maybe that's a reference for no one.
1: I was thinking of that <laughs> bizarre Megan Trainor song where I was like, "Megan, I don't know if you know what the girls and gays are saying when they say mother." She had no idea. I was like, "That's not no." <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it seems that she is getting through to Damon at least a little bit and then she says, "So yeah, about my besties that we left behind in the prison world of course we'll be going back for them
1: boy does she work them into every conversation i was like girl damon is barely managing to act like he's going to really fulfill this promise like i was like i was like damon i thought you were a better liar than this i would not believe you with that face and she just keeps bringing them up and damon is like it's crazy how little he tries (laughs) He's like, I care he so little, I'm pretends. not even gonna be a good liar. <laughs>
0: He's like, yeah, we're we're gonna go back and we're gonna get your friends. And it's like, I
1: was like, wait, wait where's the Damon that was able to convince Rebecca he liked her twice <laughs> <gasps> <laughs> when he was just trying to steal
0: information from her? Oh God, twice. But yeah, that's how that episode ends. I believe that episode was called "A Bird in a Gilded Cage." Subsequent episode, I never could love like that. This episode. <laughs> Oh no! I didn't think we'd be getting into it this soon. But Enzo, everyone's favorite character, Enzo, is in the m- <laughs> is in the middle of his latest irrelevant plot line.
1: You know <laughs> what? Did, what was he even doing with Sarah? I was, I don't I was like, "What is know. this for? Why do you care about
0: this poor girl? She's done nothing to you." Like, <laughs> could not tell you what his intentions were. I think it had something to do. With his jealousy of Stefan, maybe? But I, I don't know. He's in the middle of his Sarah Salvatore storyline that's just going nowhere. Mm-hmm. He's bringing her to the Salvatore house for reasons. And when the door opens, Lily answers the door because Lily is just at her, the Salvatore home now, now that she's in the real world. Enzo becomes stunned, visibly, backs away and is like, "We oh, must be at the wrong house, sorry. And then he runs off. <laughs> And then him and Sarah get back into the car. And she's like, what the hell? And he's like, that's one of the worst people I've ever met in my life. And it's like, what? We're getting an Enzo flashback? Okay, fine. So we go into an Enzo flashback from 1903. Where we see him as a little toodle pip. He's got his beret. He's got his newsies outfit on. Because if you don't know, <laughs> Enzo's, from- <laughs> Enzo's from 19th century England. <clears throat> and he's Oliver twisting his way to a ship that he doesn't have a ticket for. Trying to get to the Americas. But they're like, absolutely not. He did have a ticket, actually. He did have a ticket? Oh. <laughs> the sad thing is, he actually did have a ticket. I don't know what... The last
1: few pounds, were they using pounds back in 1903? The the last few, what's that old thing they used to use? in English? Shillings.
0: Shillings. <laughs> I use Historical inaccuracy.
1: I'm gonna pretend they were using shillings in 1903. <laughs> the last few shillings he has to buy right. a ticket, but um, the person he's trying to get past is like, I don't care if you do have a ticket, you are riddled with tb or consumption as they called it back then
0: you are contagion you're gonna get everyone on this ship ill i can't let you in so he gets turned away and i guess he collapses on the the docks or something he's in like an alleyway near the docks and this angelic figure appears above him and helps him up and well actually first she snaps the neck of the man who left him there to die and like kicked him in the
1: face as he walked away (laughs) you just hear the the iconic (laughs) tbd neck snap and then this man's
0: body drops beside enzo the one midi file they've had on on dry for the last five years (laughs) She kills the guard that was just doing his job. And (laughs) she goes over to Enzo. Hey, she's Damon's mom. (laughs) She says, oh, are you okay, dear boy? She takes him to this doctor that's on the ship. And he's got a bunch of people on bits. And she's like... This is a doctor, he'll help you be better. He claimed that, oh no, I do have a cure. It's just,
1: it's very expensive. So you're going to have to empty your pockets even more. Lily sensing some bullshit, pulls the doctor aside and compels him. She asks, how many people has your cure actually saved? And he says, none. I give them this lavender and something concoction and i take their money (laughs) and leave them to die (laughs) so enzo hears this and he's that's what he realizes he's being lied to i guess he doesn't understand what compulsion is so he's like wait why are you saying that why are you
0: suddenly telling me this horrible truth no frame of reference for what's happening kind of crazy that lily kills the god that was just doing his job but not this doctor who is scamming people out of their money and then letting them die of consumption lily what's going on (laughs) She had plans for the doctor. She had plans for the doctor. Yeah, that's fair. She then goes, okay, well, that was a bust, but I'm not going to let you die. And then he's like, well, how are you going to help me? And Lily's like, don't worry. You're going to see some freaky shit right now, but I promise it's helping. She bites her wrist. She feeds him some vampire blood.
1: Because Lily is a classy lady, unlike everybody else who bites their wrist and then shoves their bleeding arm into people's mouths to give them vampire blood, she bites her wrist and bleeds into a little glass, a little little whiskey glass. And then lets him sip from there.
0: She's such a dainty, classy woman. <laughs> I just, just
1: like that she, she didn't just do what everyone else does. She was like, you know what? I'm not going to put my hands
0: all over you. I'm going to give you something to drink out of. We are civilized people here. Yeah, so she turns him into a vampire. And she explains to him that she herself died of consumption. But one of the nurses at the ward that she was in had turned her into a vampire. That's the word I was trying to get earlier. Giuseppe sent her to a sanatorium, Mm. which is the old timey world for like, it used to be like, yeah, for health and wellness. But it very quickly became clear. Yeah, this is the ward that you throw your mentally unwell or your terminal. So you don't have to deal with them in polite society. So Giuseppe sent her there to die, but it's there that she found her quote, real family. And she invites Enzo to come along with them. This is all like happening in 1903 flashback, but Enzo's recounting this to Sarasol in a very acerbic like bitter way if we ever do an enzo episode we can get into it but she doesn't really
1: hold his hand through the (laughs) the horror of waking (laughs) up from death and becoming a vampire he awakes in transition finds a room full of the corpses of every other person who was on the ship then the doctor comes in and it's quickly obvious that the doctor has been compelled he's the only living human on the ship now and he's been compelled to come to enzo and be his His little snack to complete the transition. We mentioned in our our Gilbert Journal vampire episode that um, even in transition, vampires already have some measure of supernatural ability because Stefan was already strong enough to throw Giuseppe across the room but Enzo describes his transition as already having all these super senses and already feeling the hunger of bloodlust even though he hadn't become a fully fledged vampire yet so I thought that was that was interesting I was like okay I've never heard that you're that hungry for blood when you aren't a fully fledged vampire nor did I realize that all your senses were already heightened but he says he awoke and like the lights in the room were blinding and everything was too sharp and it was painful yeah that's fascinating
0: yeah after feeding on this doctor he heads out and he sees an empty place he sees lily's nowhere to be found and it seems like she's disappeared on him as well as whatever family this was that she was with that he then never encountered and so that's essentially the terminus of enzo and lily's history that he recounts in the coward sarah salvatore i just so much of this situation is so bizarre but there's nothing to be done about it so we're gonna pop back to early in the episode and follow Lily in present day. At the Salvatore house, Lily, very focused and determined woman that she is, is questioning Damon about, you know, going back to the prison world and getting her friends. At this time, Barney and Damon are having conversations around the cure that Barney had gotten from the prison world. Because you'll remember the prison world's copy... The entire world along with every item, magical item that's in there. And so there was a version of the cure for vampirism in Nova Scotia where they went in season four that she brought back for the prison world to give to Damon for some reason so he can give to Elena. Instead of just giving it straight to Elena who should be making her own decisions. But whatever. (laughs) Lily has overheard it because she's a vampire and she's in the house. So she kind of hints at this to Damon, in the middle of that conversation, Elena gets like pulled away to go to the hospital because someone's been killing people at Whitmore College. Like p- bodies have been dropping left and right. And so, Elena, who now works at the hospital, I guess, as a first year med student. Caroline and Stefan, who are on their bender yes. because they both have no emotions. The No Humanity Caroline and Stefan are busy dropping bodies. So, Elena and them run off to go help. Because it's Stefan and Caroline. This is now their opportunity because the whole reason they brought Lily was to snap Stefan out of his humanity off situation. So Damon and Lily are driving to go find Stefan... He's busy sort of checking in with her of like, all right, what are you going to say? What's the game plan? How are we getting him back?
1: There's this little cute thing with her. I love seeing vampires because we get like tomb vampires who are locked away for 145 years and we get Klaus's siblings who get daggered for decades or centuries on end. It's always interesting seeing these vampires have to wake up and acclimate to a time period that they aren't familiar with and so lily has this cute scene where damon is driving the car so he gives his phone to her and says uh send elena a text tell her we're headed to whitmore college we're gonna meet her there and he's like see the little letters on the screen imagine it's like a really tiny typewriter and so she starts tapping the keys and she's like oh yes you were right and then she's like what shall i say my dearest elena i pray this finds you (laughs) well and david is like what no just keep it short and sweet headed to whitmore that's all you need
0: to say and then she's like how shall i end it I I love you so dearly. <laughs> it's delightful. I love a fish out of water. So she brings up that she overheard Damon and Bonnie talking about the cure. Because at this point, Damon's trying to decide whether or not he should tell Elena that he has a cure. She summarized it very simply because she's like, there's no dramatic turmoil here. You're afraid that Elena will leave you if she's a human because you all got together while you were vampires and Herb, as a vampire is more willing to accept like all the darker sides of you. Oh, this is the moment where it's like, what are you going to say to Stefan to wake him up? And she's struggling to find the right words. She's nervous that whatever she says is going to fall on deaf ears. And he's like, what are you talking about? You're his mother. It's going to be fine. And I think it's when they get to the building where they're searching for them because they go to one place and she's like, he's not going to stay in one place for long. I know I'm a ripper. I would have gone to another place already by now. And as they leave from point A to get to point B, just to sort of silence her worry, he tells her, just channel whatever you were feeling when you were coming to get us in 1903. And she looks at him and is like, when I was coming to get you, and he's (laughs) like, yeah, you were (laughs) 1903, you were in New York Harbor, you were on your way to, oh, I see. You weren't coming to get us. And she has to then go, i listen (laughs) what had happened was she explains that by the time she had spent i guess it would have been four decades at this point as a vampire she was a completely different person and she has this view of the woman that she was when she was their mother when she was giuseppe's wife that she does not connect with anymore that she cannot reconcile with herself now as a vampire
1: she pulled a miley cyrus she was like two albums ago that wasn't me that wasn't the real (laughs) me. i'm not that girl anymore
0: and that with her new family she found herself again but it wasn't the self that she was when she was human she lost sort of the feelings of who that person was not a great thing to say (laughs) yeah i mean points points for honesty
1: on Lily's part, I'm glad that she isn't as prone to lying as her eldest son, but it was it was really painful to see not just Damon's reaction to this idea of the better parent also being a disappointment, but also to see Lily have to admit that, yeah, I know that I'm a mother and I know what motherhood is supposed to mean, but I don't really love my sons anymore. And that's why I spend every waking moment talking about these people. They are the people I love. <laughs> I don't really like 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 I wish you the best, but
0: <laughs> it's tough and it's it's interesting too, because it's like we speak about vampirism and vampires it's it's hammered home every time that when you become a vampire, certain parts of yourself are heightened, and so I imagine whatever resentment she carried of being mrs salvatore mama salvatore right being in that house and being i mean there's so many things you could point out about being invisible being overlooked being abused all these aspects of being in that family that were just the worst for her for as much as you know her children suffered of course but it's like being a woman in that time and being a wife and a mother in that time just sounds like hell I mean, it's not great today either, but like, I imagine that resentment became heightened as a vampire. And so it's like, why would I ever want to go back to that? You know, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. It's not a pretty feeling. It's not a neat feeling. It's not a black and white feeling. We see a
1: lot of, a lot of vampires in this universe who have been alive for centuries and have had relationships with people from their human lives, you know, end and then rekindle and what what the originals come to mind. They're they're constantly fighting, but they always find a way to make up eventually through various deaths and resurrections as well. <laughs> we even have Catherine who very clearly had moved on from the idea of the child that she was forced to give up when she was human. But by the time she meets Nadia slowly but surely she starts to open up to the idea that oh, oh there is Nadia a human being to on this planet work at it though <laughs> she has to work <laughs> but eventually Catherine gets to the point where she's like "There, there is a human being on this planet that i might almost possibly maybe potentially
0: be able to someday love as much as i love myself <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. No, exactly. And again, not a great thing to hear as her children who were distraught at her passing, who still carry that grief in present day, now to learn she's alive. And she's like, I'm not super interested in being your mom in, like, a really big capacity. Damon is like, all right, this hurts like hell, but I'm compartmentalizing that because we have to deal with the problem at hand. Calls Elena to <laughs> complain about this. And he's like, well, turns out she doesn't really care about us in that way this is not gonna work elena's like well i don't know just get her to lie it's <laughs> <laughs> like i think damon says uh Stephen has his humanity off he's not a moron that's what he says.
1: <laughs> elena was probably thinking listen y'all got fooled for
0: several weeks into thinking katherine pierce was me <laughs> so you know so maybe <laughs> it'll be good enough but yeah, they decide listen, that's listen is the only hope we have it's the only thing we can do we cut away from them and then we get back to Stefan and Caroline who are like antagonizing Matt and Tyler at this point, Damon and Lily come in. Lily walks forward, Stefan is stunned and Caroline is like, who's that? And Stefan's like, that's my mother. And Damon tells Tyler to get Matt out of here Because again Matt is grievously wounded And needs to be taken to the hospital
1: I love that Damon didn't even offer Matt his blood
0: What does he care <laughs> He's like go sort this shit out Outside of my vision please Caroline immediately puts two and two together It's like oh oh you're bringing his mother to wake him up And then you're gonna wake me up Absolutely not Stabs Stefan in the back with a piece of wood And sprints out and says thanks for the heads up And she <laughs> leaves yeah. Oh yeah she's, she's using him as a head start you take it. care of them i'm out thanks bestie oh, i guess boyfy. they were already kind of getting it out of that point oh they have such a rough start those two i'm glad they sorted out lily helps stefan remove the improvised steak that's now in his back and helps him up Lily's like, I'm sure you have many questions. And he's like, the fact that you're still alive answers the big one. Damon sort of guides the conversation towards Lily getting the grandstand to bring Stefan back to his humanity. And Lily starts off with, I'm a ripper. The reason you lose control with human blood, all the guilt that you've been carrying because of everyone that you've killed. It's not on you, my son. You get it from me. It's immediately like, build a connection between you two. Get on an even plane. Yeah, yeah. And she starts going into this very emotional, I don't remember it word for word, but this emotional, I've come back to help you. It was me, your angel that night. It wasn't a dream. Your angel is here to save you. And interspersed with this speech, we cut back to Damon and Lily in that place where they were looking for Stefan originally. And Damon is saying the words that she's saying now to her. It's this rehearsed speech That Damon gave to her to say because she figured she would not be able to get him out. She didn't trust that she'd be able to get Stefan out of it.
1: Her acting coach, Damon Salvatore, (laughs) preparing her for the biggest audition of her life.
0: This is your Broadway moment and we are not letting it slip. She gives this rehearsed speech. It does, in fact, wake Stefan up and they have this really heartfelt reunion. Well, heartfelt
1: for one of them, at least. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it does. I I don't think it wasn't heartfelt for her, but it does, in fact, put a damper on the situation because it's like, oh, the reunion is kind of false. And now we have what she said earlier to Damon kind of hanging over everyone. It's not a great place to be in with the Salvatore Union.
1: I think Lily is happy that Stefan is okay. I just don't think it's like a, oh, I missed you so much. It's great to see you again type of thing. <laughs> I think because she has closed herself off to those feelings. Because she, she could have come back to find him at any point. She She eventually did get the Ripper stuff under control. But she still didn't come back for them because they were a reminder of this life and this person that she never wanted to be again. Yeah. So I don't think she spent years missing them and worrying about them. I think she was just like, it's good to know you're okay. Your dad's dead. So <laughs> that's
0: <right."> <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're living, you know, a somewhat decent life now. It seems like things are going well for y'all. All right, then. Um, so my new family is still in that prison world. <laughs> take a shot every time she brings up these damn six characters whose faces we've never seen stefan's back there he's then now going to make it his mission to get caroline back that storyline goes off on its own but joe who now calls again sort of later that day to get in contact with the mystic falls group and is like that ascendant i need to destroy it they're like um we kind of just gave it to lily in exchange for her bringing stefan back to his humanity because that was the deal that she and damon made she was like yeah absolutely i'll help get my son back but you also promised that we'd get my friends out of the prison world so i need that ascendant joe's like get that shit back Right now. Lily was not the only person in that prison world. They're like, yeah, we know. There are these six weirdos that she was traveling with. And they're like, yeah, they're weirder than you think. They are (laughs) heretics. They are not just vampires. There are also witches. They were witches of the Gemini coven. They were cast out. They all got turned into vampires because they don't have the same connection to magic that witches normally do. And they can do magic and also rip heads and drink blood like vampires do It's a mess and we need to make sure they don't get out.
1: The episode ends like really creepily with Joe's voiceover because as she's saying that there's a flashback to Lily discovering them. I don't know whether she was discovering them or this was a flashback of them
0: traveling with her when she already knew who they were. I'm not quite sure. It's very unclear. They intersperse between like there's that scene with their coffins where they all pop open magically and they start rising out. That one's really creepy. But then... Also, she's sitting at a table in the Salvatore house, opening up the Ascendant. So it's like, what's, what is this order in? I
1: assume, well, because she's wearing her old timey outfit in the flashback, I assume that was when she already had a relationship with them. Because if they were inside these boxes, they couldn't have still been human. And she's the one who turned them. So I guess yeah. they were already heretics at that point. But um Joe's voiceover says, because they were siphons or siphoners like Kai, um, I guess in her mind,
0: they're inherently evil. I don't know, a bit prejudiced, Joe. Well, well, I mean, it's what you said, right? If they're in the prison world, they can't be good. And she's getting this call from her dad, who's like the former leader of the Gemini Coven. It's that yeah, we put yeah, these guys in the prison I world guess. for a reason. It wasn't for Lily. It was for these guys who you think about the fact that we know lily's killed at least three thousand people as a ripper in such a condensed amount of time of being a vampire i believe they say she's killed more people than stefan has in his lifetime she did that in the space of a couple decades she didn't have alexi she did not have alexi well she did it was the heretics <laughs>
1: well they were mm. i think the heretics and we'll discuss it when we get to that point but i think the her it was more a thing of let's be discreet you're doing a lot <laughs> whereas lexi was more a thing of
0: human life has value and i think you need to appreciate that Stephen. yeah that's true although it's interesting you point that out about the heretics i want to put a pin in that for when we get into the latter season when they actually come in full force because i think that is true only in season six when we haven't met them but i digress but joe's
1: voiceover ends off the episode by saying uh, imagine kai with the bloodlust of a vampire now imagine six of them and then the coffins like pop open and all six of them rise up in the flashback to where Lily was like mm. there in the late nineteenth century or early twentieth century. What I noticed in that 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 little flashback scene when they all pop up, I was looking at the actors and it's it's hard to tell because they're like shadowy and it's silhouetted, but I was like, I swear there are two women here and four men. <laughs> I was like, the
0: numbers are not right. There's supposed <laughs> to be three women and three men. Three men. What are we doing? It's a young- apart but the thing <laughs> is when i'm sure i'm sure when we first
1: see them all desiccated in the prison world with her and david and, table, and leave them yes. behind I, I swear there were three women and three men at the table so i'm like how did you get yeah. it wrong now what, what order did you film this in?
0: maybe nora's hair was in an updo or something i don't know maybe she was wearing a nice like three-piece suit maybe this here's some sad headcanon maybe nora was dressing or one of
1: them nora or louise was dressing up in drag so they because,
0: could pass in 1900 oh yes. that's I I kind of love that oh yes I accept this I accept this immediately <laughs> one of them just as a man so they could pass as a couple but yeah that's how that episode ends on that creepy note in the next episode Damon makes clear to Bonnie that listen I've told her we're getting them out but we're not getting them out I'm not crazy Bonnie is also like absolutely not one because I'm not letting Kai out. Are you crazy? That man has harassed and ruined my life. He's not going anywhere. Also, these new people sound awful too. So, now they're focused on they've got to get this Ascendant back because it's with Lily now, and they need to make sure that the prison world is not open. Lily goes to the Mystic Grill because she's meant to meet with Bonnie, and in the meantime, Bonnie I think Matt calls Barney from the grill because he still works there at this point and tells her that Lily's here. Barney then goes to Lily's house to search it and find the ascendant and steal it back. But at the grill, Enzo comes in to speak to Lily because I guess he's ready to talk to her now. She still doesn't recognize him. She's like, oh, yes, yeah, I, I, you came to the Salvatore house the other day. And he's like, yeah, and she's like, oh, you're friends with my sons? And he's like, yeah, I can't hear anything that Enzo's ever saying. And <laughs> essentially, she finally realizes, oh, you're Lorenzo. You're that orphan child I picked off the docks and whose life I saved. And he's like, yeah, you've ruined me, whatever. I'm, I don't actually remember anything Enzo was saying in this conversation. He was
1: basically being very catty and bitter because he felt like, you turned me into a vampire, which, you know, not only did you, did you saddle me with bloodlust and no teacher... But because I was a vampire, you know, the Augustine and everything, all the trauma I've been through, it's all you and you just left me on a ship. Like you disappeared and just, and you you just left me because you were like, eh, I turned you for fun and I I dipped. (laughs) And then, and then Lily's like, oh no he's like no that's that's not
0: what happened no let me explain it's like actually you know, i didn't abandon you i literally was nabbed by the gemini coven that night dude i got snatched into another reality you don't even know and he's like uh oh, a likely story it's like shut up enzo you literally have no one else <laughs> <laughs> I think how it how it happens is she's
1: awkward ordering something from a waitress like enzo is pouty after he sends the waitress away and then she she asks him how did i do uh it's my it's my first time in a restaurant and he's like what what
0: are you talking about <laughs> like what and do you like, mean yeah
1: have you not heard and she's like I didn't didn't you hear i was imprisoned prison for a hundred years and he's like oh that old chestnut and i was like you know what in the vampire culture of this show I guess a lot of vampires have been imprisoned, so it would be an old chestnut. It's like, oh, I was daggered by Klaus, or I was locked in a tomb
0: under Fell's Church. <laughs> Enzo was like, who among us hasn't been locked away? Who among us? But then when he says that, because he said that old chestnut, I was like, your voice and intonation isn't matching what because it seems like you would go oh yeah you were trapped for 100 years therefore maybe everything i thought i knew was wrong but he's going oh, that old chestnut like he's still upset
1: i think it was more thing of oh that old excuse like someone saying oh sorry i didn't reply to your text i fell asleep and oh like, nah, sure you did okay that kind of thing. god i don't i think he didn't believe her that's why he said it like that
0: i don't think he's built up the cachet to be like the pouty wronged person it's like who cares about you in this moment and so i like lily a lot more than i like you right now so can you just shut the hell up thanks she's been through a lot god anyway so she divulges to him that in fact the gemini coven trapped me and the family that i was going to introduce to you that night it was an awful set of circumstances coincidence an aligning of the stars so to speak and so he's like oh okay i i guess i was wrong and i forgive you unconditionally and so she goes yeah, so I'm actually still trying to get my friends out of that prison world right now. And Her core personality trait at that point. <laughs> she, he's like, uh, actually, I don't think they're going to help you. Because if you don't know this about Enzo, at any given moment, he just decides who his allegiances are to. Oh, yeah. Oh, and so yeah. he decides, actually, I don't care about Damon and whatever's going on there you should know they're fully lying to you. Enzo takes Lily back to the Salvatore house to show her that, in fact, the Ascendant is gone. I can't remember why he's privy to this information. I don't think anyone but Sarah Salvatore has spoken to Enzo in the last, like, five episodes. But somehow he knows they've taken the Ascendant. I think it's because Lily Lily tells them that she left
1: the Ascendant, uh, which is in her possession. She tells him that oh, she's, she's left it somewhere in the Salvatore house, it's safe. And then Enzo is like... And you really think these people are going to help you. Like, let me tell you something about the Mystic Falls gang. (laughs) Unless you're in with them, and I would know because I've tried and failed to get in with them. Unless you're in with them, they are not loyal to you. They're barely loyal to each other.
0: Believe me, they're deceiving you. (laughs) But in that same conversation, when she's talking about trying to get her prison world family back, he then says, well, your real sons are here. You should be focusing on them. And it's like, Enzo, what is your goal here? (laughs) You made all this hubbub about showing her that they were lying to her and then say, no, but they're your children, though. You should be loyal to them. Screw that other people that I don't know. It's like, what are you doing here? Anyway, she explains that, listen, these people keep me from becoming a ripper. Without them, I don't know who I will become. I need them by my side. She then calls up Damon because reasonable assumption is that Damon has taken the ascendant back. She tells him, hey, listen, give me back the ascendant. Or I will destroy this cure for vampirism that I found in your house because you're terrible at hiding things. You always have been. I raised you. I love that scene because because Bonnie finds the ascendant
1: that Lily has just like chucked inside a drawer somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the first floor of the house. She didn't even go upstairs to put it in the bedroom <laughs> or something. It's like in the drawing room or the living room or something in a drawer and she has no
0: reason to believe (laughs) that she has to hide it she didn't know her own son was against her
1: i guess (laughs) but she seemed convinced it was safe and when she then tells damon that oh well you know speaking of Finding things that people have, you know, tucked away. I found the cure that you hid away because you're bad at hiding stuff, just like your mother. You get it from me. And I was like, I was like <laughs> so it's you because Damon is the one who hid the moonstone in a soap dish when he Catherine did. Pierce was living in their house and using their bathroom. He tried to hide one of their dwindling number of white oak steaks, like in the fireplace just among, like, his the cupboard.
0: firewood. Just <laughs> in a chance, tr- <laughs> <His laughs> And him and Rick go back, and they're like, "Where is it? Where is it?" It's like you put it in the cupboard. Where do you think it is? It's gone and even even even
1: in that scene when he tries to hide the the stake among the firewood rick is like really you didn't learn anything from the <laughs> moonstone in <and> the slope <laughs> cage
0: i love that it's consistent <laughs> season by season failing to hide things it's nice to know that Stefan's not the only one who has inherited some of lily's worst traits oh and you find out later in this episode that that lily and damon are a lot more alike than you might think
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Damon goes to Bonnie now because Bonnie said, I'm destroying this ascendant. I will burn it. Me and Joe, same page, same to same. We know we're not letting those people out. Just as she's about to destroy it, Damon, for the second time this season, comes to Bonnie and says, Hey, the thing we agreed earlier, I'm actually going to cross you now because I have my own stuff to worry about. And Bonnie has to do the same speech that she did when he <laughs> brought Kai to her unwarranted, unsolicited. Damon goes back without the Ascendant to the Salvatore house, goes to Lily. Lily's like, where's the Ascendant? He's like, oh, well... Couldn't get it back. What a shame. And Lily says, I guess it is a shame. Grabs the cure box, tosses it into the fireplace and watches it burn. He, for a second, has like an expression on his face. But Lily's like, you don't care that it's destroyed. If anything, you're relieved that it's destroyed because now you don't have to make the decision. Now you don't have to worry about Elena abandoning you because you want her right by your side. At your whim and at your pleasure. You don't want her having the agency to make the decision because even that little bit of hesitance is terrifying for you. Then Elena comes back while Lily's saying, that's why I thought, hmm, destroying this cure is too easy. It would be giving you exactly what you want. And then Elena We cut to her in her room and she sees this really beautiful arrangement of like petals and a candle and there's a ring box in the center of it. And she opens it and she sees the cure for vampirism. (laughs) 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 And Lily says, the last thing I want for you is to get to spend an eternity with Elena, seeing as you've separated me from my family because you were never going to give her that cure and now she knows it. In fact, when Elena walks in, is like, what is it? And Lily says, oh, it's the cure for vampirism. I left it out for you because Damon was never going to give it to you. And Elena looks to Damon and is like, is that true? And Lily's like, I'll leave you two to it. And walks out of the room. <laughs> oh! oh it's one of my favorite moments i was
1: like i was like damn
0: lily so vindictive Lily can tussle with
1: the best of them she was like i can i can also
0: listen oh her face when she was delivering that line to watching damon be slowly crushed i love it so much (laughs) after this unfortunately i think towards the end of the episode enzo's just like i don't know what enzo's doing but he's walking down the road and he runs into lily oh i guess she called him yes she he's there to meet her specifically he sees her she's like clutching her chest looks kind of like deer in the headlights eyes wide open and she's telling him oh she accidentally walked in front of a car cuz she's not used to well cars at all i guess maybe they started with automobiles in like the early 1900s i don't know but She then went to the driver of the car, who had stopped because I guess he'd knocked her, and she ripped his head off. They cut to him in the car, just headless, blood splattered everywhere. She's got this handkerchief in her hand that's completely coated, and she's like, what have I done? And that's kind of how the episode ends for her. So yeah, Lily back in her Ripper era, exactly as she described would happen if her companions were not with her. Which, I consider. mean, for her
1: to root her stability in the presence
0: of these specific people, I don't know how healthy that is. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, the the late 1800s full of healthy coping mechanisms. <laughs>
1: you know, I just, I just like, you, because she was like, I'm not a ripper anymore. I'm, I'm not that person. I learned to control it, you know, in order to, you know, help my family. And I'm like, I don't know how much you've overcome your addiction if you're going to fall off the wagon the minute these people aren't there to be your safety net i mean you know i'm all for support systems but it's like really maybe you should be able to do this on your own as well but i guess i guess she was grief stricken that day because she thought she'd lost them
0: yeah it is also the idea of like because it's not just her support system in the sense of I, i mean this addiction quote unquote like she says this is her family she was with these people for decades and now she's separate from them That longing for her family, those negative emotions of being separate from them and being barred from retrieving them when there's a very clear avenue to get them out, that would only worsen her emotional state and only drive her closer to the. Like, those are like triggers, right? For this thing that she's trying to keep under wrap
1: yeah and as as we go into the next episode and we see her spiraling it must it must really hurt for Stefan and damon to be like wow you love these people so much that in the absence of them or the idea of losing them is sending you off the deep end like you are losing yourself without them and yet you were fully prepared to spend the rest of eternity without ever seeing us again your actual children
0: yeah it's a rough time. The next episode, I'd leave my happy home for you. I think Enzo called Stefan and is like, your mom's not doing well. Please come and see her. And it's like, okay, Enzo now in the Salvatore family, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looked like it. I will say before we get to season, what is it, seven? Uh-huh. It seemed as though Enzo was also
1: being set up to be this like, unfortunate surrogate son in lily's eyes that was also going to cause contention between him and his sort of bestie damon as well as stefan who doesn't like him very much and that she keeps confiding in him she calls him when she goes off the wagon that like at the end of that episode when she she rips someone's head off she clearly trusts him in his opinions he's the one telling her that mm-hmm i don't think these people are gonna help you get your family back it seems very much like oh shame mama salvatore on top of these other people that you clearly love more than your own sons it seems like you have a lot of affection for enzo and since he's not a child of giuseppe you probably could still in your heart you can connect with Mama, yeah
0: (laughs) in a way that doesn't dredge up a lot of old feelings yeah yeah so really just kind of Hold on to that as you listen to (laughs) As we progress through the stories Hold that in your mind, dear listener Later in the grill, or at the Mystic Grill rather, Lily Is stalking somebody Very likely her next prey. Before she Can catch up to him though, Stefan comes In and is like, hey, what's going on? You look like you're about to eat a man Lily's like, what are you talking about? I was just He dropped something and I was gonna Hand it back to him. Look. She says I was just going out (laughs) for some fresh air (laughs)
1: And I was like, Lily, you cannot lie to Stefan. Stefan is also a ripper
0: who struggles with blood addiction. You can't bullshit a bullshitter. He knows... (laughs) Indeed, right after this is because he calls Damon to say, listen, here's the situation. And then immediately we cut to Stefan talking to Lily and saying, all the signs that you're showing, I recognize them because I see them in the mirror when I'm off the wagon. You can't fool me. He starts describing all these ticks that he gets when he's feeling, I guess, withdrawal or like cravings. A craving, he then goes into this spiel of trying to get her to sublimate the way he does essentially, divert all the desires for human blood into other things like alcohol in the midst of this too he's also trying to like see if there's any sense of connection to be salvaged here despite the fact that he's heard from damon hey listen she wants nothing to do with us while he's trying to be like listen man despite the however many years that have passed we can still be something here you can be my mother i can be your son like we were before and she's like my dear boy the person I was as your mother was pathetic. She uses that word. It's so ouch. He sees her as like, you know, my
1: mother, this person in my family, this idea that I had of my family where she slots in very nicely
0: And she's like, that version of me disgusts me. The woman I was 130 years ago can't stand that bitch. (laughs) And who amongst us? The guy I was two years ago can't stand him.
1: But shame, I think Stefan was really
0: hoping that
1: mom's gone off the wagon because she's grieving this quote-unquote family of hers. Maybe if I get her to
0: see that she still has a real family with me, her baby boy, she'll be okay. And the moment she says that, he's like, okay, well, vervain syringe because i guess you're worth nothing to me now that you have no intention of being my mom i'm locking you up i joke no, he, they do intend of like, like, out. i've tried
1: i've tried the gentle approach exactly stefan's like i know from my vicky days that you can only try the gentle approach once and once that gets rejected we got it we
0: gotta lock you up It's time to tie you up It's time to dry you out He tries to jab her with the Vavain But she sees it coming In his response to her after that statement He's like looking away from her as he responds And she kind of clocks and she goes You know you never could lie to me While looking me in the eye Grabs a fork and jabs him in the hand And then in his other hand He drops the Vavain syringe to the ground And then it's obvious what he was trying to do She (laughs) runs up And attacks somebody in the middle of the grill and then runs off yeah she just drops this bleeding
1: person and vamp speeds away and she's before she leaves she's like sorry about the mess and i'm like stephan gonna have to compel everyone in here now
0: and he does enzo shows up later and Stefan is compelling people in the grill to forget what they saw <laughs> enzo arrives at the grill sees what has happened. Him and Stefan are now going to split up and try and find Lily because assumedly she's tearing her way across Mystic Falls right now. Who hasn't? Oh, this is the episode where the freaking Bachelor and the Bachelorette parties are happening. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, I know she encounters Bonnie and Joe at the diner, but what are Bonnie and Joe doing at the diner? Oh, yeah. Elena and Bonnie were the only people at her Bachelorette
1: party. (laughs) Yeah, Joe is having a Bachelorette party thrown by two college sophomore,
0: <laughs> one of them who is like her direct report in a medical capacity it's like what what's happening why don't you have friends you've been you in know? this town for some time elena's i don't know in the bathroom or something i think she's human at this point
1: i think elena is not with them at the point that lily shows up she must have gone off to take the cure because she is human by that point but lily shows up to see joe and bonnie and like try to convince bonnie she's she's still trying to be to be nonviolent, and she's like bonnie give me that damasin and and help me help me get my family back and then bonnie's like i destroyed that days ago lady. (laughs) like you are late (laughs) she was like she was like i can't help you and even if i could even if i hadn't destroyed it there's no way in hell that i'm going to get gonna get those people out of there lily tries to vamp rush her and then bonnie does the you know the the aneurysm spell on her she said
0: i've got magic bitch what are you doing and then lily goes yeah i trump your magic with a fork to the throat (laughs) i don't i don't know what you thought that was gonna do (laughs) that's the thing like
1: these these vampires are fast so i've always wondered because other people have used that spell before on vampires and incapacitated them and i'm like all you need to do is pick something up and throw it with your considerable strength and speed and you can easily kill one of these witches she flings some doohickey i don't know what it was it was Weirdly shaped. I thought it was a fork. Uh, it wasn't a fork. I don't know. I I, I don't know. It was oh, this, um... it
0: was um like a stand thing. It was some sort of stand. Yeah, because yeah, then Joe I... is like i don't know how we're gonna get this out
1: because <laughs> it was like it was, it was like circular with like a like a pointy bit sticking out of the circular base it was but she pins she yeah. it at a bonnie and then as bonnie goes down she vamp rushes at joe i guess ready to kill her out of spite slash hunger joe who doesn't have her magic anymore and then joe like begs for mercy and screams out that she's pregnant i guess because she assumes if you have any semblance of humanity in you <laughs> you wouldn't kill a pregnant
0: woman would you <laughs> And it does stop her. I think it's interesting that it does, considering how, like we've been saying, how separate she considers herself from the Lily she was as this human mother of boys. Oh, she was a boy mom, oh God. (laughs) As this human um, mother. But like that thing of you're pregnant immediately stops her. She pauses instantly and then she listens in and she hears the heartbeats and she's like, oh, twins, which Joe doesn't know prior to that. And she's like, congratulations and then leaves her alone (laughs) joe is like what (laughs) she immediately realizes oh no (laughs) oh no gemini twins but yeah it's it's fascinating that that stops her cold middle of a ripper haze to be like i can't injure a mother i think lily doesn't lack maternal
1: instincts in general she just refuses to direct them towards her biological children refuses asterisk okay she <laughs> she refuses to allow herself to explore the possibility that she might still have those feelings because it's a part of herself I think that she's she has tried. excised and blocked off
0: I don't think she really to I think really she says in some of the episodes that I've tr- I've tried my best to summon it from within myself and I cannot. I think she says that to Stefan. So I I, I don't want to say she didn't try. Like I said, this is not like a black and white situation. It's tough all around. There's no getting around the impact of it. But I I don't want to villainize Lily for this particular she's
1: not a villain i'm just like it's she's flipped her maternity switch (laughs) (laughs) but only only regarding her own kids it it is sad but i'm also like what i was saying with like the originals and Catherine. i'm like these vampires who've been alive for a long time have closed themselves off to a lot of relationships but the door is always capable of being reopened like sure Sure. Catherine was capable of caring about Nadia even though I'm sure in her mind she was like I didn't see that baby again the day after I gave birth to her. She died centuries ago. I don't care. And then when she found out she was alive, she was like, Ah, eh, that's cool, but I don't really want to be your mom. I'm not that girl anymore. <laughs> and slowly <laughs> but surely she opened herself up and was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe I could actually
0: love you. Yeah. That's fair. In any case, whatever compassion is still within her in the midst of this, like, ripper fugue, she does step off and go my bad and heads out to find someone else to eat so you know i guess quarter point for lily (laughs) (laughs) stefan who's still trying to chase after her i think at this point damon has told elena that like you drink the cure and then i'll drink from you and then i'll also be cured stefan calls him up and goes don't take the cure. Lily's on the loose and I need a vampire to help me catch up to her. Damon, it, while he's on the phone, gets his neck snapped from behind him. And Lily appears there. He's with Elena at this point. Elena starts shrieking.
1: Elena, who is who is newly human.
0: Newly, freshly human. To a credit, she
1: grabs, like, a pencil or something? She grabs a like a badge, like a brooch type thing with a long pin. Yes. And Jabs she, Lily in the eye. I think she's already bleeding for some reason, and Lily can smell the blood. So Lily starts towards her and Elena First tries to plead for mercy and it doesn't work, so she stabs Lily in the eye and runs away at human speed. And I had to laugh at the fact that because <laughs> she's going day one just, of Elena becoming a human again. It has been less already than twenty four hours, and already she is
0: a damsel. <laughs> yes, yeah, she jabs her in the eye. She runs off. She blocks off entrances. She goes through like a service elevator or something to get behind the. I, I guess she's at the grill at this point. Yeah, yeah,
1: she was inside the grill. Yeah, but
0: she gets away from Lily. And then after that, I think Stefan shows up uh, because Lily's not been able to fight her. So Lily's just like in the grill now, just kind of chilling, I guess. She's sort of coming down from the high of whoever she ate just earlier. And when Stefan comes in, she's like, listen this is it for me like i don't want to be this if my family is not here and i'm just constantly going to be rippering around like i might as well end it she grabs a table leg and is about to stake herself and Steffen's like oh my god i'm standing right here <laughs> <laughs> not even for me you're gonna you're not gonna stick around even for me
1: what she says when stefan shows up in that scene because you know she's covered in blood hers from the eye wound that elena gave her and other people yeah she looks a mess and she's she looks distraught and she says to stefan look at what you've done to your mother and i'm like
0: well okay i mean now you're his mother i just i like that one because that's like is manipulative the word you know like look at what you're doing to your mother (laughs) why must you do this to me when they're like gaslighting (laughs) you yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) i like that because it's in the right vein it's like yeah she's being shitty yeah she's like about to kill herself (laughs) and Stefan's like please a pick. and lily comes after him damon shows up at the last second and injects her with vervain was
1: she about to stake Stefan to kill him
0: because I think like, it was she, just ripest band- with the well I mean with the stake in hand. Yeah, with the Hey, stake. the shit that Stefan was doing when he was off his bender, listen, Stefan was attacking anything and anyone in sight it's wild stefan
1: wasn't about to stake his child so I mean... <laughs> he doesn't have a child
0: so <laughs> oh no that comes up later anyway damon does inject her with vervain, and they put her in the salvatore cellars where
1: everyone has been at this point
0: the revolving door caroline's been in there definitely damon's been in there stefan was in there in season three something like that emotionless elena was in there oh good times but yeah they put enzo on guard because enzo's just here now i guess she's pleading with them to let her out stefan shows up and you you like think he's gonna be like yeah we're gonna wait this out we're gonna dry you out and we're gonna get you off this ripper wagon but he's like i'm prepared to wait as long as i have to for you to see me as your son again which is like all right i get that but like It feels like in this specific situation, maybe let's not center that. We're trying to get her off the ripper wagon. I mean, Stefan knows what he's doing, of course, because of Lexi, so maybe that's just him trying to use like the emotional tie to try and prime her, I guess, to get her back on the line. Stefan is
1: not as good a psychologist as Lexi. I'm like, Stefan, my guy, she has told you that (laughs) you and your brother and the relationship she had with you in your human life is linked to a traumatic period that she has separated herself from psychologically. Not only that, you have her in the cellar of the house where all this was
0: happening during her married life with this abusive man. This, This is not the same house. The Salvatore house they grew up in is not the Salvatore oh it's not the boarding uh, house. house it's not the boarding house no so that's they look the same because all their big mansion sets look the same but they are in fact separate houses huh, that's funny because there's a point i don't know who lily's talking to when she's upset it might have been enzo
1: she, that's who she spends most uh-huh. of her time with but there's a there's a scene where someone has upset her and she's like get out of my house and she's in the Salvatore boarding house so if it's not even the house that she ever owned i'm like i'm like hmm.
0: well i mean it's her so son she, she certainly so. made
1: herself at home
0: she's like yeah my son's owned this place so it's my home
1: Please. Lily Lily Salvatore, another African
0: mother. She was like, <laughs> my son's house is my house. Yes. <laughs> like you're saying, Stefan sends her directly in the opposite path of what you would want. Because then she goes... I'm getting my people back, no matter what it takes. And then you will know what devastation is. And it's like... Oh. oh yeah, she's not even
1: playing anymore. She's like, I've tried to be nice. The
0: gloves are off. I was being so genial. I was she trying She tried to let best, them down but easy. But now you've done it. <laughs> she was like, I tried
1: to tell y'all, it's not you, it's me. This isn't gonna work. I'm not the woman you knew, but you don't
0: want to hear it, so... Now I have to be mean. So that takes us into the sort of last two episodes, uh, Joe and Alaric's wedding. It's unclear how this happens. Well, I mean, I know how it happens. It's just weird that it all happens off screen. I guess their intent was to keep it secret that Kai was back. But enzo shows up and leaves an ipod for lily she leaves it with bonnie i think who's on guard at that point i think
1: it was an mp3 (laughs) yes it was an
0: mp3 player and he said it's songs from their time back in the day something familiar for her while she's in prison and so bonnie was like all right i guess i'll give it to her bonnie goes to check on her lily is in the throes of like withdrawal she's losing her mind she's talking to herself she speeds up when bonnie gets close and strangles her through the bars bonnie manages to get out they're like worried oh god she's it doesn't seem like she's getting better at all. it seems like she's getting worse elena's like i mean from what i've heard from stefan this is like the usual thoroughfare but bonnie's like i'm just worried she's gonna get out it's like weird for them to like foreshadow that when seemingly there's no reason it's but- because
1: everyone gets out of that cellar everyone who's ever been locked up there yeah.
0: has eventually gotten
1: out <laughs> either because some idiot takes mercy on them and lets them go or because they trick someone into getting them out
0: so matt and bonnie link up later and they basically decide eh, we're just gonna kill her <laughs> <laughs> so wild bonnie's like i don't want to take any chances granted bonnie to again keep kai as far away from her as possible and i guess matt who has been itching to kill a vampire you for know, a season and a half
1: bonnie said i need help killing this woman who can i call who will kill a vampire <laughs> without asking any no
0: questions, questions. asked <laughs>
1: She phoned Matt and Matt was like, you son of a bitch, I'm in.
0: So he opens his bag of of hunter goods and is like, let's freaking do it. They head down into the cellar all secret-like while everyone's at the wedding. They go to get Lily. Lily's cell is open and she's not there. The two of them start mysteriously passing out. (laughs) And it's like, what? I think in a later scene at the Mystic Grill, Enzo is just sitting there. Because I guess he wasn't invited to the wedding. (laughs) And Lily shows up. And she's like... Hey, bestie! I'm free! How's it going? Um, My family's coming back today. Isn't that lovely? Enzo's like, huh? <laughs> <And then laughs> later after that, because it's like evening time, sort of further into the night enzo's coming with lily to this shipyard this is while all the gemini murder stuff is happening on the altar joe's like saying her vows and is five seconds away from getting stabbed these two are in the shipyard and lily's like he gave me directions he told me they'd be here and she starts walking down the aisles of like these enormous containers that are in the shipyard and it's like not clear what she's looking for and then at the end of that episode is when kai shows up stabbing joe in the back reveals his InvisiQue, surprise <laughs> bitch but you thought she seen the last of me iconic icon cut to the next episode following the events of the wedding where kai blows everybody out and then stabs himself in the neck stefan and caroline are rescued from the pile by enzo who somehow managed to double back from the shipyard to the (laughs) wedding find a car grab them and then drive back to the shipyard mid the drive back stefan and caroline wake up and enzo's like oh good you're awake I need your help with something. And so they go with him to the shipyard. And they see Lily. She's still walking up and down. She's trying to find something. Stefan's like, what the hell are you doing? What are you looking for? And she's like, my friends, I've been saying this for eight episodes now. Why won't anyone listen to me? And Stefan's like, you keep calling these people your family, but your family's right here. If you don't come with me now, you're out of my life. And she's like, all right. (laughs) She keeps going.
1: like i'm sorry but you know if it's a choice between you and them i think i've made it pretty clear who i'm choosing
0: (laughs) and so then he abandons that line of questioning is like because it becomes clear that she and kai have made some sort of deal what did you exchange with him to get your family back and she's like i gave him my blood and that's what allows kai to turn himself from a siphon into a heretic kai's the one who freed lily from the prison and knocked bonnie and matt out while he was invisiquaid somewhere in the room
1: invisiquaid
0: (laughs) (laughs) it is a verb and
1: a noun i guess kai stayed behind after he let her out just so that he could see bonnie and matt be shocked and then attack any chance any
0: chance for the surprise any chance for the gotcha
1: i mean points to kai for not killing matt he was like eh Who are you?
0: not worth it. He's just some guy. So Lily's just left there, I guess, searching the shipyard futilely while Stefan goes back to try and help the situation because he knows Kai's going to come back from the dead now. Uh, Enzo stays with her. I think this is after Kai has died the second time, after Damon chops off his head. She's like busy crying into enzo's arms and and she's like i i don't know what i'm gonna do he promised they'd be here they're not here whatever and enzo's consoling her and then enzo looks up and suddenly there's this huge warehouse when i say huge it's like spanning the it's a whole building spanning the distance of like the whole shipyard and he's like yeah that wasn't there before and it's like yeah no shit enzo (laughs) it's taking up the whole screen so they go towards that and they go into that room and they see the coffins are there and you see these grayed out, mildly desiccated beings, but they've been fed a little bit because they're moving around and they come out and she's like, my family, my friends. And they come to Lily and they give her a big hug.
1: She hugs the brunette one. So I'm assuming that was Mary Lou. Nora. Two Mary Lou's are. the Nora, blonde one. Sorry nora since the other two are blondes because i was watching this knowing who they end up being i was keeping track i was like who can i see whose name can i recognize? <laughs> I think before she finds them she's walking up and down the shipyard calling for malcolm especially she's like malcolm this is when Stefan has like begged her to just choose him and she's like no nah, i'm not gonna do that and she's like malcolm sweetie are you here and i'm like wow it must really <laughs> hurt to see your mother feel so much love for some other random guy and i mean you know chosen family and found family definitely valid yeah, but yeah, yeah at the expense of children with whom she clearly had a good relationship it's just the giuseppe of it all that's spoiling things. yeah it,
0: it's not a good time for the kids who are being left behind but yeah that's that's where we leave it with lily for season six season seven who <sighs> opens with <laughs> yeah we're in it now we're in it now and from the get-go We need to address that, like, so the relationship that's described between Lily and Enzo and the relationship that's described between Lily and the heretics sort of go in opposite directions as we transition into season seven. And granted, we always say for like when things are set up in one season and and then textualized in another, there was like a year between that. So they maybe were like, we're taking this in a different direction in season six. Lily describes the heretics as her family, yes, but she says, My friends who found me, they stabilize me, they are the reason I don't rip her out. And it's sort of described as though, like, they are these peers who aren't as bloodlusty as her. They are very clearly violent and dangerous because they were trapped in the prison world, but they seem to be in more control, at least, than Lily is. Yeah. They give up their rations to Lily. To survive in the prison world Whereas Enzo Who is this young person I have to assume Enzo's around The Salvatore's age Right? Yeah Because he's described as an orphan When she found him And you don't call someone an orphan In like a tangible capacity Unless they are like a child Right? Or like a late teen At most like early 20s
1: Enzo does say that he had been He'd been orphaned as a child he mentions that he was left at some factory at the age of four so he's been right
0: but i'm saying they describe him he says you found this poor orphan boy and it's like who would say that as a man in their like mid to late 20s it's like he's on the younger side at least is what i'm saying also it's
1: the cw who knows how old Enzo yeah. meant
0: <laughs> true to be. maybe he's true meant to he's twenty. all 30 <laughs> that's what i'm saying i'm like he might be 20 because the show keeps trying to convince you that every flashback to ian Summerholder, he's 20 years old so like i immediately was like oh enzo's this very young man dying in his like early years of consumption it's this real tragic thing a very common tragic thing especially unlike london he's being portrayed as this peer of the salvatore kids and as this orphaned boy man whatever who lily finds And then rescues, takes to a doctor, resuscitates, gives him a new life. Like, there's very much this, like you said, maternal and child figure that's kind of being set up in season six. That's almost like going to rival the the Salvatore brothers in some way.
1: And complicate his somewhat fraternal relationship with
0: Damon. Season seven, however, seems to flip those. Because... (laughs) Because when we open in season 7 and we see the heretics they're all quite young and they all seem to be like lily's surrogate children yes so it's 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 just an interesting difference that's it it's a lot more stark watching these episodes back to back as opposed to like season by season back when it was releasing it's interesting that later on and we'll get to it enzo <laughs> divulges to lily that he's not interested in being a part of this familial clutch that she's got going on that he's here for her specifically and he implies in a romantic sense
1: which was wild
0: (laughs) it's just a really interesting direction to go if you remove all context of how they met And all the interactions from season 6. I have no issue believing... They're they're hundreds of years old at this point. Whatever. But because of the context in which they met specifically... It makes it a little weird that that's the direction they choose to go. It certainly felt
1: to me... Watching these actors perform... It felt as though this was not a decision that was made in season 6. Because in season 7... I did start to see it coming. Like I saw, like I was like, the way you are behaving towards this woman is being framed in ways that I'm. and by now it was Vampire Diaries. I was like, by now I've realized I can pick up on ships that I don't want to happen, but that I can see coming. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's 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 Klaus and Caroline, and it's Ugh. Delena, and even what was it? Uh, Liv and Tyler, which I didn't really care much for. It was sweet, but I was like, eh, I don't really, I don't really like it. But I could see it coming, and so with this Enzo and Lily thing in season seven, I was like, am I crazy? Or <laughs> that is the way that he's looking at her kind of not the way he was looking at her last season and when i watched season six it doesn't seem flirtatious it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like he's this scorned lover who thought he was abandoned and then she explains oh no i was actually imprisoned and then he softens up to this wound that he's always held a torch for i'm like it, it very much just seems like mother and son and then all of a sudden in season seven he's like giving her these looks
0: and i was like <laughs> oh no please <laughs>
1: no this can't be happening
0: (laughs) if anything in season six he gives eldest daughter vibes like not to gender it but like he gives the vibes of the long-suffering child who doesn't get what like what they deserve in terms of the nurturing relationship he sees this mother who abandoned him He's trying to reunite her with her actual sons because he has to be like the responsible one and like decenter his own. Not to give Enzo any credit, <laughs> but like he almost reads like eldest daughter vibes in season six, and in season seven it's like actually I w- I want to smash. I don't know if you've actually, noticed, I really, you actually like, I have a crush on you.
1: I have a crush on my best friend's mom. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: this Ooh, is I mean, the thing he, too. It's he like, met her first. It makes it weirder. He met her first. He met her first. Not in yeah. Not in the context of my best friend's mom, but. Because now, even with Lily herself, where with this change with the heretics, they're pushing Lily into more of a maternal role, where it seemed like season six, they were trying to pull away from that. Now, the best friend's mom thing becomes even clearer. It's like, I don't not to yuck anyone's yum where that's a trope you're really about i'm just like that's not what i'm looking for especially with these characters it just feels what is it it feels weirdly mom? And i don't I just, and so i was like just, damon's
1: mom has got oh it going no. on <laughs> or maybe Stefan's mom
0: Stefan. Stefan sounds closer to stacy But regardless, so we meet the heretics, just to list them off. Malcolm, who is the quote, eldest son of the heretics.
1: Is that the white one? The white male?
0: Yes. The white man, he's described as like the most responsible, but nobody really likes him all that much, it seems. Oh no, is he the Finn? (laughs) (laughs) He's the Finn of the heretics. There are six of them. (laughs) Yeah, he's the mama's boy. Nobody really likes him that much. There's Valerie Tull. There's Mary Louise, whose surname we don't get unless her surname is Louise. Yeah, I think Mary Louise is her given name because they
1: sometimes call her Mary Lou.
0: Nora Hildegard. Bo, who also doesn't get a surname. He's black! <laughs> <laughs> Did he have a surname? We're gonna get into Bo. Oh, boy. And Oscar, who is not currently with the family, but is mentioned at some point.
1: Oscar is the East Asian male.
0: Tim Kang, who, for any of my mentalist heads out there, he is Kimball Cho from The Mentalist. Great actor. Is he from The Mentalist? Yes. Oh, I don't know why I didn't remember that. I'm sure I knew that when I first
1: watched it because The Mentalist would have been fresher in my mind. Well,
0: I think he's playing younger than he is. And it's a strange choice in my opinion. He is definitely in his 40s when he gets this role of oscar and it's like he's one of the kids he's one of these heretic kids what's that about i don't know frankly i'm pretty sure he's older than Anne worship or at least he was (laughs) older than her at the time so it's just like i don't he looks great but it's just an interesting choice for him to be the the like stoner prankster one of the heretics
1: well they're they're all quite old and like long-lived vampires they're probably from a time when you know mothers could be like 15 years older than their kids <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh no like often
1: especially with, that with the originals true. who are from the middle ages i look at them and i'm like mama esther oh, and elder
0: something well y'all look you, huh? <laughs> y'all look about a decade apart yeah that's rough but essentially they've kind of set up in mystic falls now lily is trying to run a house of decorum coexistence peace and so this is the other interesting thing right that kind of flies in the face of the earlier setup because she was always describing them as this group that kept her on balance but in season seven it seems like she's the one who has to rein them in because they all want to run out and eat people and do whatever and she's like children we are trying to coexist with the people in Mystic Falls. You cannot be staging a bloodbath every day on a whim. We have to be civilized. And it's like, who's keeping who sane here? I, it feels like the dynamic has shifted. Maybe it's a mutual
1: thing, or option B. Maybe it's a thing of she is kept grounded by them because she needs to be responsible when in their presence. That's sometimes a thing that happens mm-hmm. with people. People have yeah, to rise yeah. to the occasion because they're like, if I don't do this, nobody will. So, Or the relationship dynamic did change because after a hundred years of desiccating and then finally getting out, they were like, well, the Gemini Coven who did this to us, who we hated, they're all dead now. So we don't have anyone to take revenge on. <laughs> We just want to yeah. be wild. But once again, why are these powerful, immortal beings, I mean, I think it, no, Nora describes them as the most powerful beings on the planet. The most planet. powerful and people
0: like, on Earth.
1: I was like, Go to New Orleans and say that to Niklaus Michelson's face.
0: I dare you. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of crazy. It's like they're 100, 150 max. (laughs) Like, yes, their witch powers gives them a huge edge over everyone else in the cast. But it's like, come on, guys. There are so many people older than you. What are you talking about? Klaus can't die.
1: Rebecca and Elijah are nearly impossible to kill at that point. I was like, hmm strongest on the planet okay but once again these powerful immortal beings why do you want to stay in mystic falls virginia what is the <laughs>
0: crack in this town that keeps y'all coming back it must be crack i will say it seemed to be lily who was like i mean this is what? Hey,
1: isn't isn't this tied to her problematic marriage and all her bad human memories yeah. why does she
0: want to stay it's strange that this is the place she chose when they could go anywhere
1: everyone always wants to stay
0: in this damn town klaus and the <laughs> wanted to stay here now lily and the heretics want to stay here you know what it is it's a flimsy defense but they were waiting on one more person so they could complete their group. And that's the reason Oscar was out. Oscar was out on a mission to go find the last member of their family. Right. And so maybe it was like, once we're all complete, then we can see what the hell we're doing with our lives. But for now, this is the like 300 mile radius we need to be in until we find this person.
1: Y'all ain't never going to learn that the longer you stay in this town, the worse things get. Pearl had the
0: right idea. Pearl was <laughs> like, Catherine, let's get while the getting is good. Yeah, did statistically, the odds skyrocket with each day you spend in town.
1: But then when Pearl was let out of the tomb, even she stayed. She was like, let me build a life for myself here in this town. Let me get right. my stolen land
0: back always pride you know what i'm willing to say too that maybe it was pride on lily's part to be like listen i'm not gonna be this is my family and i'm gonna take this as a second chance to build my home even though the home i once was in was a was a torment for me i'm not gonna let the memory of my abusive husband drive me out i'm gonna make this thing work it's stupid but i get it i
1: spent 150 years living the same day over and over again in an empty world And then I woke up in the 21st century I would want to see the world I would explore, I would use My superpowers to do whatever I want to You have compulsion, so you could just go anywhere on earth Why would you stay in this
0: one town In Virginia? So
1: small, it has one grill One hospital One school There is nowhere
0: to go They have to throw events every other week To keep themselves entertained So they don't (laughs) lose their minds So that's the dynamic happening in the heretic household You've got these, really only two or three of them who want to like bust out and live life one of them who's like mother dearest told us we must respect her wishes and one of them can't say anything because he's mute (laughs) so you worded that perfectly nothing to be said about (laughs) bo lily and enzo reconnect this is the point where enzo basically makes clear his intentions lily's like Okay, sure, whatever. But right now I'm trying to find the stone. This is kind of the reason we're still here. It was supposed to be in this museum the last time I tracked it down, but it seems to be missing now. And I'm I don't know if you can help me like track it down. And the stone turns out to be a stone that Alaric who has been in Amsterdam with, like, Damon and Bonnie. They're on a Euro trip to, like, distract Rick from his grief because Joe has just died with his unborn children in a very brutal, sad way. He has the stone in question. And he has been going to people who purport to be spirit mediums but all turn out to be quacks, trying to figure out a way to use it to talk to Joe as... A dead spirit i guess even though everybody knows the other side is gone but you know what he's grieving he's not in a good place so he's not being very rational in this season it was
1: the phoenix stone right
0: yes this is the phoenix stone the name comes up later when uh rick ropes bonnie in to help him and she does like a, a modicum of research and is like oh this is the phoenix stone and it's very bad no good <laughs> uh, I need you to get rid of this given
1: what ends up happening it's a it's a nicely named item well done to them for not just not just naming it you know the resurrection stone or exactly. the life stone or
0: something <laughs> something boring you finally said we're pulling from mythology it's cooler that way the phoenix stone the lazarus stone I feel would have also worked mm, yeah. but it's yeah you you get the gist of it she gets one magical hit off it and she's like this is bad vibes do not use it i'm getting awful visions of dead people which she continues to get even after she's left the stone alone which is how powerful this thing is she tries to get rick to destroy it he chooses not to <laughs> he's about to in the hydrofluoric acid that he gets at the chemistry class at whitmore i don't know He's a resourceful man, but he looks at a picture of him and Joe and decides, mm, better not. So, St- <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that happens in between that's not super important, but Stefan tries to blow up the heritage. <laughs> <laughs> In this really dumb plan Mary Louise, Nora and Valerie Are on like a rampage Because I think Valerie got hit by a car And these two stoned college kids Thought she was dead And they were like Well we might as well leave Because we're high as a kite And we don't want to get caught by the cops There's nothing we can do One of them wants to leave The other one wants to help But gets swayed into leaving Valerie of course doesn't die Because she's vampiric And so she and the resident lesbians Go after them And destroy them In the crazy way. So because bodies start dropping, Stefan, who already is inclined to dislike these people because, I mean, they are causing havoc, but also they are Lily's, quote, weird family. They stole his mom. They stole his mom. They have to die. So he calls Rick up and is like, how do I make a bomb? I need to kill, like, six vampires. (laughs) And he makes this bomb, and he gets Caroline and Matt to drop it off. To be fair, Caroline wanted to do it because... They all know Stefan, they know his picture from when they were trapped in the Salvatore home in 1903. So Caroline's like, they won't see me coming. She and Matt go in, they get delayed because Mary Lou and Nora are these mean girls they're constantly described as. They're like the stereotypical bitchy preppy kids. Even though it's like, I don't think the area you're from matches this vibe, but who am I?
1: Yeah, you would think they would be a bit more demure, especially considering they would have had to be, you know, these closeted queer women in the 1900s. Growing up in the Gemini, the the creepy inbred Gemini coven that didn't like them (laughs) because they were siphoners. (laughs)
0: exactly and in a way mary lou is and nora isn't and we get this vibe that nora has very quickly acclimatized to the modern world so that could be what's happening there and mary lou is going along with it because you know she's in love with her she wants her girlfriend to be happy i will say i like the heretics a bit more the second watch around first watch i didn't care too much for them but it's like okay i'm feeling y'all
1: i liked the women heretics the men bored me because the men didn't have much to do which was really sad in beau's case and in oscar's case Malcolm (laughs) Malcolm Well I don't wanna I don't wanna jump the gun. We'll we'll get to Malcolm. (laughs) We'll get to The little we can say about Malcolm.
0: They drop off this bomb, they blow up the house. Caroline and Matt zip out before it explodes, like one second before. So Caroline was real fast carrying somebody over her shoulder. Props. Stefan, again, i like the plan is dumb enough, but it's sort of character. Stefan calls up his mother and says so yeah, I just blew up your little heretic, kids. Uh, that's what I've been doing with my day. And it's like, why would, does he seem like the gloating type? I don't know, but all right. He's
1: spiteful. He's, he's been hurt <laughs> by her and he wants to hurt her back. Remember, this is the same Stefan that was taunting Klaus when he stole his coffins.
0: That Stefan didn't have his humanity on.
1: Was it, was it not
0: back by then? No, I don't think so it doesn't come back when he's freed from klaus it comes back a bit later it comes back slowly there's no like snapping moment it's very we'll we'll discuss
1: it's a it's a a gradual climb yeah
0: i'm also curious about like sussing out when that happens but anyways i guess that lends to the fact that like this is how pissed off he is about this whole situation so you know fair enough but he's like yeah I, i killed your your little fake kids huh how do you feel about that and lily's like You stupid son of a bitch. Well, she wouldn't. That's her. (laughs) You you dumb idiot. These are heretics. They're not just vampires. They're also literal magic. Did you think a bomb was going to kill them? And fair enough. The heretics are perfectly fine. I think even if they were just vampires, I feel like this bomb plan was just, like, not certain at all. It's like, you know how fast vampires move.
1: Yeah, the vamp speed thing. You would need to incapacitate them enough that when when it blows up, they're stuck in the, in the combustion.
0: Exactly! A thing they've done before. Incapacitate the vampire so the thing you want to happen happens for certain. John Gilbert understood that fundamentally. I feel like... <laughs>
1: this is known information john gilbert looking up at Stefan from hell going damn it Stefan. <laughs> yeah i said from uh, hell i said what i said
0: yeah, i know you know i was gonna say we'll <laughs> ignore the canon for two seconds for this gratifying <laughs> moment the heretics are fine and they choose to retaliate they rip through a bunch of civilians at matt's graduation police thing which is like yeah matt's becoming a deputy his whole class gets killed the police chief gets killed. It's really crazy. A bunch of people you don't know who you just met in this episode all die and everyone's real sad about it. So it's like, well, damn. Our stupid plan didn't work. What are we going to do? Eventually, they come to an agreement because Lily's whole thing is like, listen, I'm not glad they did that, but you did try to blow them up. I'm trying to start over with no bloodshed in this town. And so Stefan and Caroline come up with this plan of, okay... Here's what we're going to do. We're going to come to a sort of armistice. We're going to get all the people of Mystic Falls out of the town. We're going to compel every single last person and get them to leave town. So the heretics can just live here as they seem to want to and nobody will be harmed. As far as choices in story, this is the wildest one to me. Like when I say it out loud, it made sense before I started saying it. And then I started saying it and I remembered they <laughs> sent a whole t- Where did they go? Did they sell their houses? How many people whose mortgages were tied up in those properties? What happens to them?
1: You think the Mystic Falls gang cares about <laughs> these
0: people? <laughs> it's just really crazy that they just compelled a whole
1: town the minute that caroline's mother passed away it was just
0: about this group of college kids and nobody else matters in their defense they're like listen this is to protect everybody everybody who would have been in in harm's way of people we have no way to defeat because the heretics are apparently so much stronger and more powerful than us we get everyone out anyone who trespasses in the town free game nothing we can do matt donovan is gonna apparently patrol mystic falls for the rest of his life making sure no one gets in he's got a gilbert ring yeah but like what's he gonna do against them i don't it's fine anyway it works they shake hands metaphorically lily and her heretics move into the salvatore home which is also something stefan gives up as part of this deal so they have a nice big house to settle into
1: didn't marcos also want that home for the traveler yeah
0: it's prime real estate apparently the salvatore boarding house yeah because they have a hundred rooms you have a big family you're like Listen, that was man. the other group i knew the group was longer it's <laughs> It's Pearl and the Tomb Vampire. Right.
1: It's The Traveler. It's Marcos and the It's Klaus and, and his hybrids and then his siblings. <laughs> and well, now it's Lily like, and... This, this is
0: it, guys. This and is then the it's Lily and her
1: damn, her damn heretic kids. Everyone is like, Mystic Falls, and especially the Salvatore boarding House, is prime real estate. And we want
0: to stay here. But as crazy as it is, the plan works. Everything is settled. But of course, when something's going good you know who's going to come around and ruin it for everybody. Damon gets back from Amsterdam from the Eurotrip with Rick and he's like, "Why are there people in my house? Why is the town empty? What's going on?" Stefan explains the plan and Damon goes, "Um, actually, we should just kill them." "What are you doing?" And Stefan's like, "What what are you? You haven't even been here." Why are you showing up and suddenly being the arbiter of truth? We can't kill them. They're really powerful. Damon isn't hearing this because Stefan's like, don't do anything stupid. We have staked a lot in this deal and it's working and we're gonna make sure it works. Damon goes to Bonnie, who's like hanging out at a bar or something now that they're back from Amsterdam. And it's interesting that this relationship still It's like maintained after everything he does in season six. And after in this first episode of season seven, he considers letting her get hit by a car so (laughs) that she'll die. And Elena will wake up from her sleeping beauty curse. I i'm baffled that bayman continues to be a thing
1: damon saw a car coming and was like you know if the universe wants this to happen i've spent many years hearing about nature and
0: the universe and all these things if anything i'm helping bonnie in her maintenance of the balance If she's (laughs) meant to die then she dies damon encounters bonnie at the bar they're drinking they're like this isn't good this is our town and we're just handing it over to the heretics bonnie's extra pissy because lily attacked her that one time and so they're both like yeah no we're not gonna take this deal we're gonna get rid of these people our own way and together they corner malcolm the only heretic who matters less than beau and just kill him (laughs) they just kill him (laughs) unprompted unprovoked granted and he what, was going after someone who this? had trespassed because this is it, in the first episode it's in the end you of see the i was, I was, I was gonna say it, it
1: happened so fast that it's like malcolm <laughs> we hardly knew you i guess at least it wasn't the black guy who died first but.
0: you know we can only count our stars but yeah Malcolm's going after someone who has strayed into mystic falls that, again, Matt Donovan, I don't know how he could have been on. Un- he needs sleep. He needs food. He's a human being. There's no way he can keep the whole town safe from prying eyes. Crazy. Regardless, Damon corners him. Malcolm tries to attack him with magic. Barney attacks Malcolm with magic. And then Damon jabs him in the back and pulls out his heart. Or it might have been Bonnie who approached him It doesn't matter They kill him together Damon and Bonnie this season Yeah that's what I was gonna say Damon and Bonnie Are in this weird loop Where they just Enable each other To make really bad decisions And it's so wild To watch like unfold Granted Everyone this season sucks I don't know what happened In the season 7 Who put what In the season 7 water
1: (laughs) Once Elena was gone There was enough selfishness Left in the atmosphere For everyone
0: else But yeah They kill Malcolm And And that, believe it or not, has consequences going forward. You mentioned that Bonnie and Damon are like enabling each other to be
1: like the worst versions of themselves. I will say that is the only way the show will allow you to have a relationship with Damon. If you are allowing him to be his worst self.
0: But in the same way, I prefer that to her having to be his moral center and having to make sure that he's keeping on the straight and narrow because even elena in her pseudo death has to be that anchor for him and it's like god how i wish these women weren't sacrificed on the altar of your lack of morality i just it's whatever it's not important the heretics of course find malcolm dead lily sees him her for all intents and purposes now eldest son and sobs over him she is distraught by his death through her tears gets this furious stare and wants to know who did this answers are obvious but what we cut to is caroline who i believe is journaling for elena because they all agreed now that elena's in her sleeping beauty era we'll keep a record of our entire lives over 60 years so you have something to read when you wake up
1: the writers remember that the show is called the vampire diaries and they were like oh yeah we haven't had a journal (laughs) since elena was struggling with being a newbie vampire And even
0: then, she opened the diary and was like, dear diary, I know it's been a while. (laughs) But Enzo shows up and the context is that in this episode, Caroline has been saying the thing I said earlier of like, what are you even doing here? And whose side are you on? Like, what's your intent? Because he showed up trying to help her and it's like, you're the one who helped Lily put us in this situation. So I don't know what you're doing by me. And so he's come back to be like, you told me to pick a side and... I I think I finally am. And of course, Caroline seems to think that he's chosen them. And he takes that moment to jab her with a Vivane syringe. They should start wearing body armor. Very common these days, these Vivane syringes. You get them at, you know, your local spa, your local <laughs> shop, right? And knocks her out. And he's like, of course, I've chosen Lily. Because if you've forgotten, he's in love with Lily now. And, and the heretic family gets Caroline. When Elena
1: is not available for kidnapping, it's usually Caroline.
0: Caroline is now the damsel. Elena,
1: Caroline, and Jeremy are always the ones getting captured.
0: <laughs> So, next episode, Stefan is pissed at Damon because, of course, we all know it was Damon who killed Malcolm. And Damon's like really glib and cavalier about it. And Stefan's like, yeah, obviously they retaliated and now they've taken Caroline. And Damon says the dumbest thing I've ever heard him say, which is a high bar because Damon is very stupid sometimes. He looks confused and says, but you're not the one who killed Malcolm, I was. And it's like, I'm sorry. Do you understand how leverage works? (laughs) Why do you think? Especially considering the person Lily is and the vindictiveness she's shown in the past season... Why do you think she'd take the direct route? She's not going to try and hurt you head on. She's going to take the emotional route. She's going to hurt someone close to you.
1: This is not the first time that Damon has angered an antagonist and then been like, it's fine. They'll definitely take it out on me and none of the other people I'm close to. In season two when klaus has finally shown up and said to elena behave yourself and sit tight until i kill you for my sacrifice and nobody else needs to get hurt damon goes and mucks about with klaus's plans and then shows up at klaus's well at a lorx flat (laughs) where klaus is living and is like i broke the rules kill me i don't care nobody else is gonna suffer and klaus leaves him alive because he's already got a werewolf fight at that point and klaus knows he's dead and klaus decides as punishment for Elena not being able to keep her not quite boyfriend on a leash I'm going to turn her aunt into a vampire
0: and sacrifice her in this ritual as well and Damon and is like, like Damon... confused Pikachu face <sighs> like <laughs> What did you think was gonna happen, you buffoon? He
1: even says to Catherine, "He's like, no, I was gonna offer myself up as the as the vampire sacrifice." And Catherine is like, "Oh no, Klaus can't use you because you have werewolf venom in you and your blood is impure." But I was like, "I don't think
0: Klaus would have used you anyway." <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Klaus is he's gonna mean. go for the bigger punch. But yeah, he's like, but you weren't the one who killed him. I'm the one. And Stefan's like, yeah, that doesn't matter. Now they have my girlfriend. So you need to go over and fix this. And so Damon goes over to the heretic house and he goes to Lily, confesses that he's the one who killed Malcolm. He's like, leave Caroline out of this. Leave Stefan. Stefan's innocent, whatever. Lily's like, I don't think you could have gotten the jump on my eldest son, my heretic boy. He's too powerful for you to kill by yourself. And obviously, Damon's covering for Bonnie's involvement. He asks to trade places with Caroline. She says no. He tries to walk in. He's blocked by the border spell that happens when you've not been invited into a home. And Lily says, Yeah, we signed over your house to our new nursemaid that we have here. Oh no, it's Miss Gibbons to Widow. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. But they're like, Yeah, you're not getting in here. I've got to go bury my son. So if you'll excuse me. And then she shuts the door on him. Caroline's chained up she's being tortured by the heretics it's not a fun time Enzo's just in the house listening to this happen and now he's like all humming and ha and it's like Enzo you wanted this I don't know why you're now suddenly upset I don't know what you thought they were gonna do I don't know if you thought they were going to pamper her and treat her like a princess of course they were gonna torture her
1: you sold her over shame and it had been a long time since Caroline had been kidnapped and tortured it, it had become a running gag in the show where it was like you you guys are really taking advantage of the fact that this girl can heal from almost anything to just like put her through the ringer constantly yeah. like in season one she starts off as Damon's blood bag then in season two she's tortured by
0: catherine for a bit
1: she's terrorized by catherine then she's then she's tortured by the werewolf season three she almost dies of a werewolf bite and then her dad is also torturing her. Season four, the hybrids torture her for a bit just to get her
0: Klaus. And I was like, can you leave this poor girl alone? But Enzo apparently feels some modicum of concerns. He was initially watching her and then she escapes and then Mary Lou and Nora block her exit and then that's when they start torturing her and now he's sitting in the living room listening to this happen and lily and Bo come home and lily's like why aren't you watching caroline why is it mary lou and nora enzo's like she escaped for a bit and so they took over and then he says you promised that caroline wouldn't get hurt and lily's like you promised she wouldn't escape so now what am i supposed to do <laughs> so she she's like listen take care of things here we're going to go sort out the funeral. I'm trusting you to hold the fort. And it's it's this weird scenario where Enzo, now that he's actively chosen Lily's family, he's now stuck as their errand boy, even though just the prior episode he was saying, I don't want to be your errand boy. That's exactly what he ends up being. They go off on the funeral. This is really the nail in the coffin, I think, for their relationship. But Lily buries Malcolm in the Salvatore family. crypt. <laughs> Which is crazy because she married into the Salvatore family. (laughs)
1: Girl, you're not even a Salvatore and you hated the man who gave you that surname.
0: Why are you doing this to us? They've also been like hiding Elena's body. At some point they get a hold of Elena's coffin and they've been hiding it. Oh yeah.
1: Even when Elena is in the coffin as sleeping beauty and therefore not on screen, she's still always being
0: kidnapped she's to be used still as leverage. Being kidnapped! Actually, I think she knows that Elena's being kept here, and at first she says take her coffin out of the crypt, dump it in the river for all I care because she's pissed at Damon for killing her son. And she's saying that's how we'll make space to, to put Malcolm in here. Elena can spend the next 60 years of her life underwater. <laughs> and I was like, damn, <laughs> Lily, when you're mad, you're mad. And that's the point when they, instead of dumping Elena, Lily realizes, oh, bargaining chip. So she snatches Elena's body and coffin. And so when Damon comes into the crypt to come visit Elena, I guess, she's gone he's pissed lily comes in and is like my kids have cloaked elena only i know where she is so try and cross me again oh and then she brings up some childhood story about how damon broke this vase and how even though his father beat him he wouldn't tell the truth so to change tactics she took away all his toys all his favorite things left his room bare and he became so upset and so distraught that he then confessed that it was him and says Elena's not a toy soldier and Lily says and Malcolm was not a vase and she walks out and I'm like "Mm, these little moments when Lily gets to be so like vindictive and bitchy are so good and it fits in with what I thought they were setting up Lily to be in this new season where she's like like what we said about Esther mother derogatory you get (laughs) Esther in season three As this kind of maternal figure, but who's really strong and will cut a bitch. Will cut many bitches at once to get what she wants. Will kill her own children. Certainly in this universe, you would
1: have to compete really hard to be the worst mother. I mean, this is the same world with Isabel and Catherine and Esther and Bonnie's mom, as well, who ditched her for no good reason because the writers were too lazy to give her one.
0: But, like, in the sense of not even like a bad mother in the literal sense of like being a bad parent, but like that archetypical figure where it's like, oh, it's this matronly figure and it's the nurture and the care you would expect from such a figure is juxtaposed with how awful they can be. Part of the discussion of snatching Elena away, Damon is now forced to be. like, okay, what do you want? Lily says that she wants Damon as far from Mystic Falls as humanly possible. Because Damon's the only one who's not committing to this deal that was made amongst everybody. He then says, look, Lily's got Caroline now. Now he's got Elena. They've got our whole town, our houses. Him and Stefan are now in a place to be like, we've got to get them back. We've got to figure a way around this. I think the last scene with Lily is Enzo... He's playing a guitar in front of, like, the fireplace. And Lily comes into the room. They talk for a bit. And she says that if you want, Caroline can stay with you instead of Mary Lou and Nora. And he's like, no. Caroline made her bed. She can lie in it. And that's like, I don't. Think so i think you sold her over to the heretics but fine and this is when he says because i think he asks her what like what the vibe is here and she's like well i want you to be a part of this family and he's like therein lies the problem i don't see myself as part of whatever it is you've got going on here with these heretics i'm not here because of them i'm here because of you and i think he might brush her temple she's like huh and then he walks out <laughs> of so that's that Next episode, Age of Innocence. Damon and Bonnie and Rick head off to find this missing heretic because they know there were six of them in the prison world but there's only seems to be five in the actual house well four now that malcolm's dead so they're like we're gonna go find this oscar and we're gonna somehow grab him and use him as leverage in order to negotiate to get elena and caroline back bonnie and rick are like all right i guess we'll help you they make their way to somewhere i can't remember how they find oscar actually i can't for the life of me remember i just remember (laughs) meeting
1: oscar was such a trip because It was like, oh, this East Asian man was a soldier buddy of Damon's? In that
0: particular army? Yeah, not just a soldier. He was Damon's superior, based on the dialogue that they said I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> what was what was going on in the writers' minds? They encounter Oscar. Oscar immediately recognizes Damon. And is like my old war buddy. They get to talking about like we've met your the rest of your family. You're out here on a mission for them or whatever. And he's like, Yeah, but low key, I've just been living my life, man. I couldn't wait to get away from those people. I just wanted to chill and have fun. Now. Now that I'm free. They get to talking about the Phoenix Stone at some point. Oscar immediately withdraws and is like, what do you all know about the Phoenix Stone? They then start getting cagey and he uses magic to knock them all the heck out. I think they eventually manage to capture him. I know he snaps Damon's neck. I guess maybe Bonnie uses magic and that's how they get the jump on him. Like a combination of Bonnie's magic rick's vervain gun which he came in with and then damon they managed to actually get oscar down they bring him along to use him and exchange him for elena and caroline in a deal with lily at that time there's also some stuff going on with valerie that we won't get too much into but essentially valerie and stefan knew each other in the 1860s we start getting flashbacks in conjunction with this oscar thing that's happening where we find out oscar and dame and our old war buddies were learning that valerie had met stefan at some fair in mystic falls and as it turns out lily had sent the two of them to go and check in on her children because they were about to make this trip to london lily her heretics And this mysterious figure Who turns out to be Julian That we meet in this flashback Ugh Julian She couldn't leave the Americas Without knowing that her children were set That they were living good lives So that she wasn't leaving any loose ends As she headed for London So she sent Valerie to Stefan She sent Oscar to Damon They were meant to just kind of observe And make sure from a distance That they were living good lives Neither of them did that (laughs) Valerie and Stefan Become romantically entangled And Oscar and Damon become Become, of course war buddies and oscar i think convinces damon to not go into war because i guess damon was a confederate but wasn't happy about it i don't know and saves him from a slaughter that happens the next day a slaughter that they frame as a bad thing which is like oh, I don't know what <laughs> hey, like i said they chose to make this east asian
1: man with supernatural powers and who didn't need to be there in the confederate army
0: so he was a whole ass witch and he was just like yeah i'm just gonna fight for the confederate army Valerie and stefan become romantically entangled they in fact have their first time together it's stefan's first time ever
1: and not with Catherine. that was a fun retcon i mean technically we've never been explicitly told Catherine was his first but she was always framed as his very first love when he was young and 90.
0: yeah those and, are the vibes exactly because he was young and he was this impressionable man and it's like oh okay maybe she deflowered him Ugh, i hate that <laughs> word, but that was the vibe
1: i think i think i would be upset to learn that she wasn't his first <laughs> But I'm, I'm happy for Stepan that Catherine wasn't his first because of all the
0: compulsion and the, the weirdness surrounding that. So, yeah. It's with someone he actually liked and of his own volition and with sound mind. And yet, in this narrow period that they spent together, which, I mean, can't have been more... The flashbacks all seem to happen around the same time of this fair. And I don't think a fair lasts more than a week.
1: It's mis- it's Mystic Falls. They-, they love their celebrations. But
0: Valerie becomes pregnant with Stefan's child. She doesn't tell Lily any of this because she was never meant to even speak to steph and she was just supposed to observe from a distance
1: imagine the instruction was observe from a distance don't speak to him or interact with him and you come back and you're like so i'm carrying your grandchild I'm carrying
0: his child <laughs> she is now grappling with this and she's like well shit. and i kind of really like him too so i might actually not go to london with everybody i might slip out at night and go tell him the truth and tell him i'm carrying your child do you want to do this thing problem is there is this julian figure who is lily's paramour i guess might be the word for it yeah he's kind of the like surrogate stepdad of this heretic family and everyone loves him the dad who stepped up oh no (laughs) The dad you wish didn't step up. You as the viewer immediately get bad vibes from Julian even though everyone seems to like him. And even though Lily describes him, it's so odd. Lily describes him as a saint, but she also describes him as the man you're not supposed to fall for. She describes him as this like bad boy and neither of those descriptors are something i would use of julian julian doesn't have the charm or the swagger of like the quote bad boy character you'd expect he looks like just some guy no offense to the actor Todd Lesans, wonderful actor he kills it not a bad boy in any sense when he's playing this man my memory always used to conflate
1: Mental images of Julian with Dr. West.
0: No. That's how unremarkable
1: they both were in my mind.
0: Similar vibes, very milktose characters, not memorable, unremarkable. Evil blonde dudes. And to call him a saint, granted she didn't know, but he is quite manipulative. And as we learn from Valerie, he catches her sneaking out to go be with Stefan. And she's like, listen, man, you guys can go on without me. And we've seen in little bits of while he's like her chaperone through the fair, because Lily sends Valerie, but sends Julian to make sure that she's safe because she's just a witch at that time. She's just a siphon. She didn't have magic of her own. She had this locket that she had magic stored in and she could only pull from it in times of need. Otherwise, it would be wasted immediately. When she's interacting with Stefan and Julian kind of shows up and is being all overbearing, it's like, I don't like the vibes I'm getting from this guy. And when he finds that Valerie's trying to head out without them, he goes, If Lily finds out that you've snuck off, she's not going to leave without you. And I cannot have that. He says, I've worked very hard to make this family a family. And we are going to London one way or another. So I'm going to have to beat your ass until you have an unintentional abortion. That's just what's going to happen here. It is an awful scene of him just beating this defenseless 17-year-old. dark for Vampire Diaries. It's oddly dark. He only hits her twice. But he is a vampire. And it's clearly he hits her hard enough to destroy the fetus right so it's like those are not he's not pulling any punches it's quite messed up that's kind of the vibe we're getting of this julian character that lily has sent oscar out to go and find i think a little bit of this is coming from valerie's conversation with caroline while she's trapped in the heretic house but bits of it are also coming from stefan and lily in conversation because stefan brings it up to lily that Valerie who I knew from my past you sent her after and she was like yes I wanted to make sure you were safe and whatever and she talks about how she met Valerie Valerie was this nurse I believe one of the girls working in like the ward and she took her along with them In this discussion, they have this kind of heart to heart about their past, this assurance that despite everything, Lily did want to make sure that they were like alive and well and living good lives. So Stefan kind of uses this conversation and talks about Valerie and and his past, but also talks about Caroline and what's happening in present. And after this conversation, Lily sees fit to let Caroline go. I've had a lovely conversation with my son, and he was very honest with me. So we are putting water under the bridge. And I am releasing Caroline as a sign of good faith. So that's something nice, I guess, that happens in this episode on that front. It doesn't necessarily dilute the unfortunate situation of her being like, I just don't want to be you guys' mom. But it is nice to know that she was like, well, I want to make sure they're doing okay. I can't leave until I know my boys are okay. And it seems to have an effect on Stefan, at least, who has been very much vehemently trying to maintain this relationship. Yeah. Next episode... Uh, i carry your heart with me lily is calling up to be like all right you want to do this freaking exchange where's my son damon who has had oscar tied up in the hospital that rick has i think it's the same hospital where rick is keeping joe right where he's been paying off an me to let him come in and speak to her and like be with her body which is a whole other problem in itself that's not creepy (laughs) he's been keeping oscar there with a vervain drip directly into his body so he's coming around the corner to be like i got your son right here don't worry and he shows up oscar is no longer there <laughs> he gets off the phone with Lily and he's like oh god where's he gotten? how did he get out it's like oscar i can smell your blood and then he follows i guess a scent trail i don't know to the closet nearby and he opens it and oscar's dead body tumbles out because at the end of the last episode valerie having heard that oscar has been found Goes all the way to where Oscar's being kept and kills him. <laughs> because she says, Julian is not getting out while I have breath in my body. That monster will not come back. He will make everything worse. I love you, Oscar. You, are, you and me are tight, but I, you know too much. You have to go. And she rips his heart out.
1: Which, shame. I mean, that's someone who's meant to be like her, her family her sibling. And she's so terrified of the thought of Julian that she was like, I, I I, will kill you just to make sure
0: I never see him again. Yeah, it sucks. Now Damon is left with Oscar's body. Nobody's going to believe that he just showed up and Oscar was dead, especially after he's killed Malcolm. Yeah. And now he's not going to be able to make the trade. So <laughs> Stefan and Damon end up in a fight about this And about the fact that, like, now that Stefan and Lily have had this heart-to-heart, it seems like Stefan is siding a bit with Lily and warming a bit to her concerns and to her plight. And that's not sitting well with Damon. Damon's really pissed about it. Stefan insists, I'm not on her side, but you seem to be messing everything up. And I don't know if you've noticed, like, this thing with Elena... And Elena's body and Elena's coffin and making sure Elena's fine. It seems like this is all driving you up the wall and you're being worse than you already are at just, like, keeping a level head. But after a conversation, Damon forces Stefan to help him get rid of Oscar's body. There's this funny scene where Mary Louise and Nora come to investigate because Lily obviously does not trust Damon. And they're hanging Oscar's body out the window with a sheet wrapped around his arms. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately it's like a halloween situation some kind of monster mash party is happening on campus so someone walking past sees it and is like huh and they wave with a smile and he's like well i guess it's decorations mary lou and nora then send somebody in who's been compelled and they've got a letter and it's this like very well folded it's got a little stamp on it i don't know where they had the time to sort this out between them leaving that college dorm and heading out, but it says that a person will die each hour at this campus until Oscar's return to us. So, as
1: if Damon is supposed to care about that.
0: I guess they're banking on Stefan caring because I suppose he does in a very basic, empathetic way. I think after this, Lily has a conversation with Valerie because Lily, again, was not privy to any of the Stefan Valerie stuff from the 1800s. So, She's like, um, why didn't you tell me you were dating my son? That seems like some vital information I should have known. And Valerie, like dismisses it as she has been up to this point and is like ah it was just a casual it was just puppy love it wasn't important you were fragile you know you were so worried about your sons and you were like on the edge I didn't want to worry you and Lily's like well it was clearly very important to Stefan and now it seems like you were just you know playing with his heart and I don't appreciate that so that's kind of the tension now and Valerie's like I you know we can talk about this later I need to go look for Oscar we're all trying to make sure Oscar's okay but she tells valerie she says i will only tell you this once if there's anything that you need to tell me now is the time to do it (laughs) at this point point, valerie runs through her head uh i killed oscar um i was pregnant with stefan's child julian beat me the hell up (laughs) it's like no nothing nothing to tell you it's all good that moment it's very it's very much a mother
1: sensing that i know this child is keeping things from me and i'm saying this is your this is your window i'm giving you the chance (laughs) to come clean now and if i find out
0: later on by myself it's gonna be worse for you so tell me now and she of course takes the typical child route of no everything's fine (laughs) so they diverge from that scene unchanged after some like shenanigans with the phoenix stone because bonnie then finds out rick's been keeping it this whole time they are under the impression that with some magic somehow bonnie of course must be the one to figure out the how they can use the stone to bring people back from the dead even though there's no other side even though people just pass on to like peace or hell respectively damon's like okay We need to put the Joe plan on pause because I know y'all want to bring Joe back, but y'all need to bring Oscar back because otherwise we're screwed. So now here's Barney having to pull off two resurrections in one night. And of course, because it's Barney, she does it because she's strong as hell. <laughs> she uses the Phoenix Stone. She places it on Oscar. She tries various different spells. At one point, she accidentally sets him on fire. Nothing's working. Then she recites something that she saw in the original text, this like shamanic text that they found that actually described the Phoenix Stone. And that's the one that works. The stone glows, Oscar's eyes open, and he wakes up. Without asking any questions, Or making any sort of certainty, they grab Oscar, load him up in a car, and (laughs) send him off to go meet with Lily. (laughs) They didn't
1: have any reason to suspect what was going on.
0: Bonnie almost immediately after then resurrecting quote-unquote Joe says, I just did resurrection with a sketchy stone with a sketchy spell. Without like having any research done beforehand, now I have to go and retroactively make sure that nothing bad happens. And that's what I'm saying, like this Damon and Bonnie connection is bad for everyone because Bonnie is rarely that irresponsible. But I digress. Oscar gets back to the heretics. He is behaving very oddly. He is not acting like the Oscar that we've encountered. Any memories they bring up of Oscar, Oscar's like, I wasn't there. I didn't do that. And no one for a second thinks, hmm. This is strange. They're all just like, oh, he just needs to get back to his usual self. He just needs to get his memories back. It's fine. They leave Oscar with Enzo while they go off to pick up where Oscar left off. Because, again, Oscar was trying to find Julian. Enzo, who's now in, like, cahoots with Valerie because Valerie has explained to Enzo, hey, there's this Julian guy that Lily and Co are trying to bring back. And guess what? He's the love of Lily's life. So you are incentivized to help me make sure they don't succeed. Enzo, because he has nothing better to do, goes along with Valerie's plan. So he calls Valerie and says, Mary Lou and Nora are on their way. So you better sort out what you need to sort out quick. At this point, I think Bonnie comes over to talk to Oscar, who is with the heretics now, to just like make sure everything was all good. While they're there, Oscar attacks the maid that's living there because from the moment he's woken up, he's been exhibiting some intense bloodlust. Bonnie uses magic to stay him. Enzo, I think, snaps his neck, and then they get to talking about the stone. Oscar wakes up. He gets the jump on them because he figures out, oh, I have magic powers. It becomes clear that this is not Oscar. The actual thing of a phoenix stone, that it's this prison gem for vampire souls super old vampire souls it's not made clear how they got in there but what's happened is that they've just released vampires from the stone into oscar and joe's bodies it's valerie who tells them this valerie tells damon and stefan who have gone along with her to go destroy julian's body because at this point stefan knows about the fact that julian beat her up and has been sworn to secrecy and he's now on a one-man mission to destroy this man this is a lot of context it's all very unimportant so <laughs> but we will delve deeper into the valerie and Stefan thing in there yeah respective. we're gonna get back to all these shenanigans at some point valerie finds where oscar has been keeping julian in this warehouse full of coffins which is just like an extra level of security they eventually find the one that's been spelled shut Valerie siphons the magic off And they pop it open And there's Julian's body She immediately is like Dousing him in gasoline The moment that thing is open Which I appreciate her efficiency And she goes Incendia (laughs) (laughs) Julian lights on fire The flames disappear She's like What the hell? Why isn't it working? Zoop just off the side the screen pans over nora and mary louise un and appear and are like tut tut sister we can't believe you'd go against us like this wonder what lily would say let's ask her now and lily comes from the other side go, <laughs> and it's like
1: damn they're so messy i love the two of them are sapphic sorceresses
0: they are great when they're when they're being like explicitly bitchy when they're like going oh what a shame when mary lou and nora are like patronizing and terrorizing people going tell my girlfriend her outfit is stunning and you have to be like nora your outfit is stunning and she's like make me believe it it's like okay god God, I get it. No, but I love it. Let the lesbians have some fun. They're certainly having more fun than than Luke ever had. God, honestly. I was going to be upset about because they kiss for a second in one episode and it's the most chaste kiss you've ever seen, considering how sexual the Vampire Diaries can get. But they have a little more of a hardcore one when they're at that uh, Heaven and Hell party that they attend. Lily's pissed, obviously. Valerie tries to plead her case and is like, Julian is a monster. I know you were never able to see it. You cannot resurrect him lily's not having it because now it's like you've lied to me once already now you've tried to burn my surrogate husband i need julian back so i'm not going to listen to you about anything they get julian's body and they head off they do
1: get the stone i'm just i can't remember how they they get the stone to use on Julian. Yeah. But by this point, we're figuring out that the stone is not actually resurrecting people. It's putting people whose souls are already in it into these corpses and then bringing them back. So I must assume that Julian's soul was in there? Yes.
0: Yes. When you get to that last scene, because it doesn't matter how they get it, but they get the Phoenix Stone and they have Julian's body. They put it on him and the heretics start chanting. So they clearly know what they're doing. They are the only people in the story who know what they're doing with that stone. I believe Julian was trapped in that stone, however it happened. He's described as an old vampire. I think he's like 300, 400 years old. They do a spell to pull specifically Julian's soul from the stone and jump it into his body. And Julian wakes up. Reuniting now the full family. Oh, you know how they get the stone? It is from Enzo because Bonnie has the stone. I don't know how she drops it in the Oscar fight. Enzo picks it up. He's going to leave Bonnie to get killed by Oscar. And then Bonnie says, Enzo's the one with the stone. Because he's a vampire from in there, he doesn't want to get put in there again. So he's trying to get the Phoenix stone back. So Oscar goes after him and she leaves because enzo had left her for dead another point i want to bring up because somehow benzo still ends up happening but whatever
1: in this universe leaving someone for dead does not mean you'll never end up together
0: if anything it's a proposal of romantic interest (laughs) (laughs) so enzo takes this phoenix stone and goes to lily and goes So here's the stone. I've heard all this Tamasha about Julian. You didn't tell me you had this true love, whatever, whatever. And she's like, listen, I've had a lot going on. I can't spend my entire day worrying about how much information you're privy to in my life. I have things to do, unlike you. And so Enzo's like, okay, I'll make it simple for you. I want you to choose between me and Julian because I'm right here and I'm trying to make this work. And she goes, yoink thanks for the phoenix stone cheers my dear so (laughs) poor enzo (laughs) i honestly don't care like he said about caroline he made his bed he spent all this time trying to warm himself up to someone who did not have any interest in him she cared for him in some capacity but she did not seem to be interested romantically at least up until this point and certainly not to the degree that he was in her yeah she takes the stone and they use it to resurrect Julian. And now he's
1: back. This is after she's now excommunicated Valerie from the, the heretic squad. I think it's after that, after she banishes Valerie, essentially, that's when Valerie then reveals that, oh, well, you know, now, now that I'm no longer on Team Lillian, by the way... um It was Lillian's idea to have Kai put the sleeping curse on Elena, just by the way. Yeah! Which, (laughs) that's that's like the last straw for Damon. That's when Damon's like, okay, I'm going to add my mother to the long
0: list of people who I'm perfectly willing to murder now. It's fitting that you bring that up as we go into now Julian being alive. You lose all sense of that Lily once Julian is back, and she's now like Julian's love. Uh... Yeah. The moment he's back, she relegates to this and i mean this is informs a story in a way as we'll get into in a bit but it's just a shame that you lose a bit of the agency and a bit of that ruthlessness that lily demonstrated was in her capacity episode six best served cold which is the first episode with julian back proper we've seen him largely in flashbacks i think by this point valerie has now at the end of the previous episode told stefan that
1: julian killed their child and then by the end she goes on to admit that she did try to kill herself in her grief after that but she didn't realize she had vampire blood in her system and that's
0: how she became a heretic the first heretic yeah so that really contextualizes how we're going into I guess the julian arc of things the first scene we get of julian is at the salvatore boarding house where the heretics are staying he is fencing with Bo, which i guess a win that Bo gets the first scene with this new character who supposedly everyone loves but also it's julian so i kind of hate that at least
1: Bo gets to do something
0: he gets to fence apparently him and julian were fencing buddies they are fighting through the house Julian sort of jumping around in a way that vampires don't typically do, but have done in the show in the past. We've seen Stefan leap like crazy heights. But yeah, he's jumping around and he's fencing Bo and it's all like ah, we're joshing and we're gentlemen fighters and I'm experiencing the vigor of life once more. That's the vibe Julian gives. So (laughs) that's the voice (laughs) I give it. Lily comes in and she's like, oh boy, stop your nonsense. She's now a Southern mother. She's a Southern (laughs) (laughs) belle. It really is. Suddenly, she's like, "Oh, you boys always messing around and messing up my house, and I have to clean up after you." Durka, durka, dirk. and it's like, ah, okay. But she's like, "I'm planning this party. We're inviting the town. I don't know what town. The town is empty. <laughs> um, but they're bringing." <laughs> She's inviting Matt Donovan. It's, the, it's Matt Donovan and the Salvatore brothers, the only people living in Mystic Falls. And then they're also compelling people from neighboring towns to attend this party so that it's actually like a full party. That's sad. Even the Michelsons were able to get people to show up. On their own, like, notoriety, they sent some lovely letters. Esther was like, I can throw a shindig. I can make a beautifully calligraphied invite, okay? This will be the event of the century. Julian is, how do we say? From the dialogue of Julian, you can already tell that he's, like, getting his hooks in. Again we were younger when watching this show Now as an adult who's aware of certain Contexts the way Julian speaks Is very manipulative Yeah you see When he starts coaching people Towards a certain topic you see when He pulls on the heartstrings, Presents himself as this Like long suffering voice of reason But really he's trying to make shit happen Meanwhile Damon and Stefan Both want to kill Julian Damon has this weird plan That he's concocted in his mind that he He's gonna quote let Lily have Julian and feel sort of safe and secure in the fact that oh her love the love of her life is back her family's complete she's experiencing true joy and then like six months down the line he's gonna kill Julian and rip all the joy from her life the same way she did (laughs) when she told Kai to do the Sleeping Beauty spell and it's like sure I guess bold that you think you're gonna be able to kill him you are struggling with the heretics as it is. And now you've got this vampire twice your age, but far be it from me. Stefan is like, no, I'm going to kill him now. And will not divulge to Damon why he's so intent on killing Julian. But we know it's because of Valerie and how Julian, I guess, robbed Stefan of the chance of being a father. Which, not to get into that storyline, but I think it, it parallels the stuff that happens with Lily... Once the Salvators engage Julian. Now that Stefan and Damon are like, their whole thing is like, we're gonna kill Julian. This adversarial complex builds between the Salvator brothers and Julian, and these women who are the reason it's happening get lost in the source. The whole thing of Valerie losing her unborn child, Stefan doesn't put in any energy into, not that they're close in that way anymore, but into consoling Valerie or into respecting her wishes because she wants to be anywhere but here. And he says, no, no, you stay here. I'll go kill Julian. Valerie gets lost in the source in this rivalry now. Lily starts to get lost in this weird source of like, now that Stefan and Damon are focused on Julian, Lily becomes this odd pawn between them. This object that's only representative of their feud. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. I guess
1: from Stefan's point of view, perhaps, but I think from Damon's point of view, even once Julian is introduced, Lily is very much an antagonist on her own Damon hates her now like uh, apart from everything else she's done to ice him out she's now taken his favorite thing in the world Elena so now he's like oh no 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 she she's right up there with Katherine and Klaus like i don't care that she's my mother so for us it's a, it's a thing of like oh you know yeah lily lily did do this thing the sleeping beauty spell but it's it's not that deep the worst thing that's going on now is that she's siding with this man who is an abuser and a manipulator And it's funny because, you know, that was her previous relationship as well with uh, Giuseppe, who was abusive. And it's like, oh, if only you knew who he really was, you wouldn't be in the way right now. You'd step aside and let Stefan kill him. (laughs) (laughs) So because of that, it now makes it look like she's in the way because of ignorance or naivety and not because of actual malice but it, it depends whether you're looking at it from damon's point of view or stefan's point of view i think
0: regardless the two of them accept the invitation to this party i think matt shows up bonnie shows up and enzo for whatever reason enzo's still in this you
1: know why he's
0: there <laughs> Just, she's very wants explicitly that chose. Oh, no, <laughs> i guess at this point it's not relevant to lily because lily doesn't care but enzo is using bonnie to make lily jealous or rather bonnie is volunteering herself at enzo to make lily jealous which i thought is was that just... how benzo started yes yes it
1: is ew oh no you know what it's giving what is it uh <laughs>
0: What is, what is To the trope all the called? boys? Oh, no! It's giving the fake dating trope, like, to yeah. all the boys. It's so weird. <laughs> it's it's not even... It's like, they happen to show up at the same time at the party, and she sees him approaching. She's like, what are you doing here? Same as me wondering, after everything, like, why are you still sticking around? And he's like... R-r-r-r-r-r-r. So, then, the... <laughs> before- <laughs> <laughs> I love your Enzo voice. I just... <laughs> lily spends this whole party talking about we're living in peace mary louise and nora tell matt we're apologizing for anything we've put you through look there's a bunch of human people that we've invited and we're not eating them we're chill this is when julian and lily dance and he plays the opera that beau was singing in mary louise and nora i I mean this is like a bunch of things have been happening they were with julian like his presence is already having an influence on all the heretics yeah while he's playing lepidus to lily here he'll go to the heretics and be like loosen up have some fun you used to be fun come on here's a bottle have a drink mom won't care mom won't notice he's being that guy and so he's convincing mary lou and nora just drink freely i'll deal with lily you guys have fun it doesn't matter that she explicitly told us not to drink from the people we're here to coexist and so they start feeding on the guests This whole time Damon and Stefan, Stefan's here to kill Julian, Damon's here to stop him. They have a brief encounter with Julian in like a drawing room or like the billiards room or whatever. I think they play billiards actually. Damon in a very unsubtle way divulges to Julian that Stefan is planning on killing him. After that they leave and Stefan calls Matt and gets Matt to come distract Damon and get him to drink some bourbon that has Vervain in it to knock him out. So that Stefan actually gets the chance to kill this guy.
1: Yeah, they like his drink with Vervain. And once he's once he's ingested a bit, then they inject him with some more. Since they're on the, the Catherine Pierce Vervain diet, just drinking it would not have been enough. <laughs>
0: oh yeah because they're all like immune or whatever or tolerant at least yeah they're they're resistant at this point they're still not immune because captain did it for 145 years that's why she was immune that leaves stephen free to go enact his murder attempt on julian and he does manage to get the jump on him i guess because julian's turned away he gets the pool stick and i don't know if he snaps it or not but he drives it through julian's abdomen Again, because he's older and stronger, despite the wound, knocks Stefan back into a wall to try and choke him. And Stefan rears his head back and headbutts him, which I thought was really cool. And once Julian sort of like doubled over, Stefan takes him and throws him into the fireplace. Julian catches a light and he starts burning. But then Lily comes into the room and sees what's happening and speeds over to remove him from the fire and like put him out. At that point, I guess Stefan just decides, eh, I'm giving up on the attempt. Because he doesn't make any move to try and make <laughs> sure it happens. He doesn't, like, intercept Lily. I know Lily's, like, he a little bit than him. Yeah, but, like, Julian's on fire. <laughs> Julian's got other problems. But, yeah, Lily saves him. Damien shows up afterwards. And now it's this whole thing. She's like, you tried to kill my true love. And ugh, Julian does this weird like posturing thing to like assert the situation now because you know he always looks for the opportunity now he's like uh you boys were not raised right it's time to show you like a lesson or two or whatever whatever like you said he's giving like the not just the abusive partner but now the abusive stepfather it's very very like uncomfortable and this actor plays the father who
1: stepped down
0: the father who crawled up from hell (laughs) the father who stepped on their necks that's (laughs) But he and the Salvatore boys get into a fight, which they are handedly losing. He is more than twice their age. And Lily's like, again, Lily's put into this role of, you boys need to stop. You're destroying my house and you're making your mother cry. And it's just, it's just, ugh. it's like, just pisses me off that Lily's now reduced to this character. This like two-dimensional figure. It's strange to me with the whole Julian being slightly older,
1: because I guess at that point they were like, we're not going to have another villain who's like... Ancient. ...eons <laughs> older than everyone else, like we've been doing of late. So Julian is like probably younger than Catherine by far. Certainly, certainly. Maybe maybe about Lexi's age, and it's like, oh no, we can't beat him because he's like three centuries old and i'm like i'm sorry isn't this the same show where a supernatural hunter and his newbie vampire sister <laughs> killed an original like what's, what's happening the power scaling in this show i mean i will take you back to season to season two when damon and Stefan had spelled a room in i think the lockwood house so that katherine couldn't leave and they were trying to murder her that night that lucy had linked her to elena And they were struggling. Catherine couldn't leave the room and they were still struggling (laughs) to kill her. It was two on one. And she was only 500.
0: That stacks well with the Julian bit, but it does not stack with the Cole bit. That's fair. But listen, power scaling's for another episode. (laughs) What matters here (laughs) is that they can't kill Julian. And now they've lost whatever grace Stefan managed to build up with Lily. They leave. Lily, however, is like Julian. You better promise not to hurt my boys. But like this is again this, her statement. There is couched in the middle of Julian starts off with your unruly boys. They're ungrateful. They tried to hurt you. Blah blah blah. And when she's not having that, when she's not responding to that tactic, and she says, "I will not have you harming my sons," he then shifts tactics, and he's like, "You're right." To be honest, since I left the Phoenix Stone, I haven't felt quite myself. And then he starts turning the waterworks on. And to be fair to Julian, who has been in a hell inside the Phoenix Stone... I'm sure he's pulling from a very real place, but he is being very explicitly manipulative in this way. He starts turning on the waterworks and he's like, you know, I I haven't been myself and I worry that I'm not the Julian you remember. And I just want to be that for you again. And it's like, Oh God. (laughs) Episode seven called mommy dearest, which I think may be the most pivotal episode, both for Lily and just for, the relationships with the Salvators. I think it's a very poignant episode. Stefan and Damon Well I think it's Stefan's idea They throw this Thanksgiving shindig The day before Thanksgiving At this point
1: If you're going to a dinner party In the TVD universe And you don't think that Someone's trying to kill you You're silly for that uh, you, have, you haven't you have been paying attention It's happened to Elijah Not even a little backup <laughs> Remember Elijah Elijah first got daggered At a dinner party You know Esther True Esther planned to kill her children By linking them all At that dinner party Like it's strange that after they've just had a violent confrontation, Lily is willing to believe that these men in her life can all get along. But also, it's strange that suddenly she seems she cares so much about Stefan and Damon. Like,
0: suddenly she's like, oh no, I don't actually want Julian to kill you. It's interesting you brought up significantly earlier that, like, Even when you are that character who's lived very long and has lost some sensitivity or interest in being a parent, that door does have the potential to be open. The conversation she has with Stefan when they spend that day together, like episode three or episode four... Where he tells her about his relationship with Valerie and she tells him about her past. They bond in that episode and even over the course of this last couple of episodes, she and Stefan at least have sort of moved a little bit closer. So in that vein, I think it's opened up for her that like maybe there's something we can have here where we're at least a civil blended albeit separate family like i've got my heretic family here and i've got my sons who like live in town and it's like you know we see each other once a year
1: lily salvatore said i have a
0: secret second family that lives on the other side of town and that's okay (laughs) (laughs) but she seems willing enough despite the confrontation to go to this thanksgiving party it must be that sudden sensibility that rule she enacted at her own party where You don't harm a guest in your home. That's just not something you do. Stefan, essentially, his plan is to convince Lily that Julian is not the man she thinks he is. He is violent. He is abusive. He is controlling. And he did all these awful things to Valerie. And once they have Lily on their side, then they have a straight path to killing Julian. So he tells her, despite Valerie had asked him not to tell anybody. But at that point, they've told Caroline and he's told Damon. So, But they tell Lily about the fact that Julian beat Valerie so bad that she lost a child. She's not having it because, to her defense, Valerie has lied a number of times before.
1: I guess sometimes people don't want to believe these things, particularly when someone has done such a good job of lying to them and manipulating them. When someone comes to them with the truth, they'll be like, it's it's a lot easier for people to be like, no, you're lying. This can't be true. We even see that in life, like with things that aren't even interpersonal relationships, just like fundamental beliefs that a person might have, like religious mm. or political beliefs where someone will be like, oh, do you know that what you thought was right actually isn't right? And here are the facts rooted in like history or, you know,
0: <laughs> science or something. And Reason like, and no, logic. No, 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 that's not true. <laughs> i'll be like no i refuse you're lying yeah it's safer to be in that knowledge you've had for your whole life rather than embrace something new but seeing that you know direct conversations not working the boys decide to change tack they offer her a drink she drinks it without hesitation or concern and she gets vervained. a lot of in this <laughs> season they vervain her and they knock her out and then they tie her up to a chair and they start going listen mother dearest you have a type and it's not one that's good for you <laughs> <laughs> um, <This> Intervention. <laughs> you have a type you have a type and you're drawn to these abusive, awful men, and then she to her credit says yeah, while my sons have me tied up to a chair with vivain ropes, I can appreciate your concern for my well being. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Which I thought was funny. But they go on this sort of long journey to remind her, hey, remember the man you married, Giuseppe Salvatore, who was awful to all of us? And we start going into flashbacks, which, as you've mentioned before, are a little bit of a retcon to Giuseppe, who very early on was presented as this authoritarian figure, who the Salvatore boys were fearful of but seemed to love in some respect while stefan did, uh damon less so but like i think i've said in prior episodes i don't find it hard to believe that a man like the giuseppe the james ramar giuseppe that we meet in season one in 1800 south beat his kids that's like par for the course for the mid 1800s beating your kids i'm like you know
1: what everybody was beating their kids back then, I understand, uh! and, and and obviously some people were taking it, you know, to the extreme levels where it's like, okay, you're injuring this person now, but I think it was more in the flashback scene where they have that actor. I wonder who he is. He looks, they did a very good job on casting someone who looks like a, a tween Ian Summerholder <laughs> With the dark hair and the, the big striking blue eyes. I was like, is this your son, Ian? Who is
0: this? <laughs> his 15-year-old son when he's like 35. Oh, I guess that works. <laughs> I, don't I don't know his bite. life.
1: <laughs> And then, like, Damon gets in trouble for something, and Giuseppe, like, outright burns his hand with, like, a cigar. And it's framed as though this is not the first or only time that he did something that violent. And I'm like, I don't feel like the man who we were shown was that extreme. He seemed more like a fanatic in how much he despised vampires.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, you say that, but he literally kills his kids. So, I don't know yeah, if that he, necessarily he kills his kids matters when about. he He kills his kids when,
1: like, he's in this vampire craze. I was like, when things were good and
0: life was fine, you were just... To kill them not because they've been turned into vampires, just for associating with them? That feels crazy. Well in his mind
1: i suppose vampires are dangerous and he is trying to get rid of these vampires of whom catherine is one and then damon and Stefan are now trying to free catherine and therefore endangering this town that giuseppe feels he is protecting from these monstrous creatures so he decides you know what for the greater good i will kill my own sons if they're gonna uh, be endangering everyone's lives because they're in
0: love with a monster that I yeah, can i'm see. sure he thinks abusing his kids is to set them straight as well so they never fall out of line again I mean,
1: it just it there there seems to be a bit of a gap between that extremist and yes violent but violent in a specific context kind of man and then oh the wife beater who burned his children with cigarettes and it's like, oh so you were just outright horrible the whole time and everything we saw about you that seemed more mellow was just through the lens of boys who were slightly harder to bully and who maybe in their minds, like many victims do had come to believe that, oh no, if I if I play my cards right, then everything will be fine and we can have a good
0: relationship as long as I follow the rules. But eh, it, it, it shocked me, that was all. I think that it's not a large extrapolation to go, okay, so the Salvatore boys grow up and they grow up into like, strapping young men, as they used to say. So at some point, like, trying to physically abuse them won't really get you very far, because at what point after hitting your children are they large enough to hit back? At what point do you decide, as the abuser, to go, okay, I'm shifting tax now, similar to how Julian does, and I'm gonna lay off on the physical, and I'm gonna focus on the emotional, I'm gonna focus on priming them to be, like, my doting, responsible, and respectable sons. I hammer into them the ideals of like family above else, Confederate Army for the win, like all these sorts of things where it's like you don't really need to beat them as much as they're older because you've already got it drummed into them from a young age.
1: I guess he was probably emotionally and mentally abusing them off screen. It's just I I think maybe it's just because... Stefan and Damon speak about Giuseppe fairly often once we're done with the season one flashbacks and we don't actually see him on screen. But they reference him fairly frequently and they speak about him, Damon especially, with so much disdain that I find it hard to believe that pointing out his outright physical abuse never came up when they were talking about, oh, you know, our dad slept with one of the maids after we'd already died and knocked her up and that's where the Salvatore descendants come from. Or, you know, our, our our dad sucked and the reason that he got Catherine is because Stefan was dumb enough to think that he would listen to reason and spare this monster, quote unquote, just because his son was in love with him and all those things yeah. and I'm just like and in all that time you never were like, Oh yeah, our dad was actually horrible and now that we've been adults for over a century, we can see that this man abused us and there's no two ways about it. It just because none of it was ever referenced before Lily became a character. And then suddenly it was like, oh, no, he was an outright, like, physically violent man towards this family. I'm like, oh, and that that just felt like it came out of nowhere. And it was a, by then I was like, this feels like a pattern because the same thing happened with Michael as the original's backstory became more fleshed out. Where it was like, oh, Michael was just kind of horrible to Klaus and a bully to him because he didn't like who he was. And then he learned that Klaus wasn't his. But by then they were all vampires. So he was like now actively hunting him down and trying to kill him. And then when we get to more flashbacks of the originals, it's like, oh no, Michael was always horrible. He was beating Klaus up when Klaus was like ten, and he always targeted just Klaus. And he had no idea that this wasn't his biological. Prior child. to
0: his knowing that <laughs> Klaus isn't his, it's like, did you on some instinctual level just sense like, damn, why did you hate this kid this whole time? You weird. Michael was psychic. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he can also compel like his kids. He had that witch potential. There we go. There we go. Head (laughs) cannon. Michael sensed something was up. They take uh Lily through this sort of memory lane of, yeah, remember when Damon says, Remember when he made me kill my pet turkey when I was 12 years old, and we ate her for Thanksgiving, and money had gone missing from the dad's bureau, and the dad assumed it was Damon. Damon refutes that it was him because it wasn't, but then through coercion and mental abuse, Damon then has to confess (laughs) that's when the cigar thing happens. He says, It's good to see I didn't raise a liar, and you've you've spoken truth in this moment, and then he pulls back Damon's sleeve and takes up his cigar and is like, yes, to make sure you never do it again, starts burning his arm. And it's like, oh,
1: alright. You've addressed it before in terms of like victims seeing their abusers in a not so bad light when they're still in the thick of things and they haven't worked through it but uh, just to reiterate at this point in the story when i'm now seeing who giuseppe was when they were younger and their mother was alive i was just like stefan you really thought this man was gonna spare catherine for you if you went to him and said hey this guest in our household who i've been sleeping with (laughs) is a vampire she's been feeding off me and her friends have been murdering the townsfolk.' is it okay if If you spare
0: her, I want to marry her one day. So two things on that. One is that Stefan is like five at this point if Damon's 12, right? That's the age gap that's established in like the season of the season before that. Yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but fair enough. As soon as dad pulls out his cigar five-year-old stefan knows to get up from the table and go to the chest nearby to get his box of matches his little metal box of like the matches that he keeps and light his cigar for him yeah so that's what we're working with with how early he was being indoctrinated into the dynamic of this family the second thing is that and i believe this is like medically sound But there is this model that is talked about in the way that we respond to threats, in the way that we respond to conflict, and it's very often applied to people in abusive families. And you may recognize the usual one, which is fight or flight, but there are in fact four of them, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. (laughs) These latter episodes, I have to keep going, we're not medical professionals, but... (laughs) I do think the 3 salvators outside of Giuseppe fit this in that I think Lily very obviously is flight both Stefan and Damon when they're younger are freeze Damon grows into fight Stefan grows into fawn. That's how I read Stefan's sort of earlier discussions with Catherine or thoughts on how his father would respond to that whole situation. I believe as he got older, Stefan had to fawn himself to his father in order to keep peace, in order to make sure neither of them were being the brunt of the abuse. I think that's the role that he had to take especially because damon and his father were always as loggerheads that's what's described in the early seasons something to consider when we kind of read that very ridiculous claim that Stefan makes—that his dad would be okay with everything—I <laughs> see. That, so that's why I'm saying this lens does not negate the fact that it's an insane claim that Stefan is making, but he is informed by years of trauma.
1: I suppose if, if nothing else, Damon's story about the father making him kill his pet turkey and then eat it—it it, it harkens back to when Stefan was like, "If we maybe explain to father how we feel about Catherine, he would spare her." And Damon is like, "Are you crazy?
0: He will drive a through her heart himself just to spite us because damon knows damon is intimately familiar because he was older at the time he was largely the brunt of the abuse in some cases in order to spare stefan from being the brunt of it because he is the older sibling they they bring all this up and lily is like Yeah, I know Giuseppe was awful. I was married to the man. And frankly, this conversation we're having feels very patronizing and infantilizing, which I'm glad she brings Mm -hmm. up because it's like, I understand that they're coming from a place of, well, I mean, they're coming from a place of we want to kill Julian. But at least Stefan's coming from a place of I need you to understand that you've brought this awful person not just into your life, but into the lives of people you care about. But also... The way they go about it, there's an element of it that feels like, do you think she's stupid? I don't... (laughs) I don't know... I don't know. She's sitting there in those scenes. She looks terrified as Giuseppe speaks. And I'm like, did y'all think she didn't know that? Did y'all think something you comprehended at 12 and 5 is something she, as a grown woman, didn't understand? You're like 1800s boys for real. I think,
1: from their point of view, perhaps, because this was their childhood and very early childhood since it was before Lily died. And of course, you know, this is taking into account the patriarchy of the time, you know, 19th century. Yeah. But it might have been a thing of, if you believed and understood that this man was horrible, why did you not protect us? Yeah. Surely you must have been in agreement or at least complacent with what the situation was like you were fine with it and of course we know that's not true and lily has said that she also did not like him but maybe in their minds they're like well look at you dating another abuser maybe it's that you actually don't really see things the way they are so let's break it down for you just to remind you yeah and then understandably so she's like y'all don't even know the full story i'm constantly having these boys if it's not enzo it's my sons coming here and telling me (laughs) all the things i've done wrong when they don't know the full story
0: You don't know know anything, frankly, because you've never (laughs) asked. (laughs) And she tells them, yeah, that money your father thought you stole, I took it. Guess what? I had bought tickets for us to leave and to escape that man. And you know what happened? He found me out. And that plan was ruined. And if I didn't stay, he would have taken you both away from me. And then that would have been that sorry I stuck around to protect you and try to shield you at least a little bit from the awful man who threatened us all. Yep. And it does become this this small shift in the like, oh yeah, I guess we didn't know everything. Like we typically (laughs) assume.
1: Such a sad and terrifying scene, that flashback, where you can tell that this character who who you want to be able to keep a secret is about to be found out. Because Giuseppe like confronts her and he's like, I know what you've been doing. (laughs) <laughs> I know where that money's gone You you done bought some tickets <laughs> you, you try to leave She tries and she's like no 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 you, Oh you spoiled the surprise Giuseppe I was going to take the boys to go and see the new steam engine Because I guess that was like a brand new thing at the time <laughs>
0: No she says I bought it for you And the boys to go see oh, the steam engine She even makes even it, worse. it's a gift For oh. you that's why I was hiding it She's big brain about it But it still doesn't work And then
1: he becomes physically violent And I was like ugh Yeah yeah. I wish
0: you'd yeah. been an original witch. <laughs> Listen, it, it really becomes a thing of, oh yeah, it was bad enough for these two young boys, a woman in the 1800s, who, the other thing too is that like, it's crazy she managed to get that far in her plan. You've got no money, you've got no prospects. Not to quote Pride and Prejudice, you go anywhere as a woman before a certain time and it's like, oh, where's your husband who we prefer to engage with and only respect you when you're attached to him? You've got no connections All you are is the wife of this man and the mother of these boys and you have no power beyond that.
1: She was probably going to steal some money on her way out, I assume. And then at least she would have a son who's like almost a teenager, which definitely would have helped uh, navigating that society because that society full on would have respected a 15-year-old boy more than a woman More than
0: a grown woman, yeah. She's crazy, but... uh... Hey, but as she's in the middle of like reality checking them on what she had to go through and that in fact she was trying her best to protect them. She suddenly sort of jerks to the side and she gets a cut on her neck and starts bleeding. God I almost forgot that in the b-plot of this episode Enzo has roped Bonnie into finding this blade. I forget where they get it and it doesn't matter but they get this blade that he thinks is the thing that can kill julian and so he runs off to the heretic household to challenge julian to a duel which is like enzo i don't even think that's the time you were from were they doing (laughs) duels in the late 1800s I don't think so. He grew up reading books about it. <laughs> he's from like blimey old London, where people <laughs> get shot in the streets. I don't think people were dueling, and he's like sword playing with Julian for Lily's honor, and it's like crazy. What? what are we talking about? <laughs> anyway, in that fight, Enzo injures Julian, and back with Lily and the Salvatore boys, Lily gets injured, and she tells them at the end of the previous episode. Julian managed to convince Lily that the heretics would link him and Lily together as a measure of protection for him now that the Salvators were trying to kill him. Because he figured they won't kill me if it means that you'll die. Once again, one more of Julian's manipulations. Lily tells her sons this, and they're like, Well, goddamn, like, I don't know what to tell you if you can't even see how messed up that is if you're so beholden to this man that you're willing to do this so damon heads off to go find out who's trying to kill julian what's going on with him while stefan stays with lily to like untie her and like make sure she's okay enzo in this duel with julian enzo's actually losing in the fight (laughs) damon intercedes in the fight And he's the one who takes that sword and stabs Julian with it. We have seen vampires, even if they're not hit with like a stake, something through the heart will knock him out for a bit. Yeah. So it knocks Julian out. Again, premature victory. Hasn't waited for like the desiccation or the veins to appear. He's just like, yeah, he's dead. (laughs) And Enzo tells him, yeah, this is the sword that would kill him. And Damon was like, well, Julian and Lily are linked. So I guess she's dead too. And Enzo's like, oh, what? What are you talking about? And Damon's like, yeah. And she got her little heretics to link her up. And Enzo comes in with a punch. Because I guess Damon this whole time has not been aware that Enzo is in love with his mother.
1: Damon already has so much to deal with. And so much that he needs to process with this this relationship with his mom. I don't think he wanted to know this.
0: But it becomes clear then that like, Okay, so Damon killed Julian, or at least believed he killed Julian, knowing that it would kill Lily as well. So that kind of settles in after that. But Bonnie then calls up because she's been doing research on this sword and the Phoenix Stone, and she sees that there are actually two parts that are combined to create this Phoenix Sword. And without the Phoenix Stone in it, The sword is useless. It won't kill vampires the way it's purported to. And then we cut back to Julian waking up. And I think Julian stabs one of them in the back. Probably Enzo because they were dueling. And so that's that. Lily and Stefan have a conversation in which she sort of cements this revelation that like, I understand that you both feel I abandoned you. And in a big way, I did. But I cared for you. And I would not have left you with that man on purpose. You know, here's me trying to protect you up until the point where I died. And then when I died, I fled for your safety. And Stefan seems swayed by this, as he has been in these last couple episodes. They head off to go see what's happening with Julian and Damon and Enzo and and crew she finds out obviously that damon killed julian because when they stab julian she also passes out and so as it turns out damon killed him with the knowledge that she was linked so that's kind of it for them really at least by the point of this episode it seems to i mean it's been it for damon even from two episodes ago but on her side it really cements okay where i've been getting some headway with Stefan, i clearly mean nothing to damon She and Julian retire to their heretic house Later that night Heretic house I've been calling it that, The Heretic Household. She's at her dresser, sort of Annalise Keating style, like taking off her makeup, and she's staring into the mirror all distant and ruminative while Julian's prattling on about something I don't remember. She accosts him about the fight that he's having with Enzo, and she says, you know, why would you risk yourself in this way knowing that it would put me in danger? And he s- starts to apologize and says, I, I know you're right, I-, I shouldn't have done it. I failed you. He starts doing the usual usual spiel of like trying to convince her he's the good guy he says he was just trying to protect his family talking about enzo coming to their house and like trying to fight him he's like i'm just protecting my family she seems very affected seemingly about with the conversation she had earlier and she asks him direct did you know that valerie was pregnant in 1863 he does the thing where you lie by character where you don't address what you've been accused of you say you know me You've known me for how long? Would I do something like that? And what that does is it shifts the guilt from you to the person accusing you because how can you consider yourself a loved one of me if you accuse me of such an awful thing? Typical tactics. Oh, I hate it. And he talks about, oh, you know me, I am only about protecting our family. I would never do something so revolting. But then he does say, he's sorry for acting recklessly with the Enzo situation. Will you forgive me? Something
1: about the phrasing that he uses harkens back to a previous conversation she'd had with Giuseppe in her human life. And that's how she clocks that these two men are alike because you are behaving and speaking in exactly the same way that Giuseppe would when he had done something horrible and was trying to now justify it and get
0: back into my good graces. Then turns to the mirror as he says, do you forgive me? She goes, of course. And that throws her back to Giuseppe in an instance where he comes back sort of like, I'm sorry, I lost my temper earlier, but you were the one who was doing A, B, and C. I can't be faulted for trying to keep my family together. And it's like, oh my God. But then he says... Do you forgive me? And she in 1863 goes, of course. And then they cut back to her in present staring at the mirror. And it's like, oh, damn, she doesn't trust you at all, my guy. She didn't trust Giuseppe. And now she knows not to trust
1: you. I was so satisfied in that moment. I was like, I'm glad that it didn't take a whole season's worth of convincing for you to realize this man was awful. And now you're going to use those manipulating genes that you passed on to Damon (laughs) (laughs) to make
0: this man believe you're still on his side. She goes to her boys that same night and goes, you were right. I've got a plan and we're going to get rid of him. And that's the end of the episode hold me thrill me kiss me kill me which i don't know what the hell that tells about but episode eight i of think the it's season. from a song i think i've watched other tv shows that have had episodes named that song by mel carter song by you too there we go next episode opens lily Stefan, damon they've got this plan to get rid of julian first thing they need to do unlink lily and julian they need the heretics who put the spell on them in the first place to undo it so they need to sway the heretics to their side lily and valerie go to mary louise and nora first who are in the in the middle of their engagement which you know that's lovely i guess and valerie approaches them and is like listen there's some stuff you need to know about julian she divulges what's happened they don't believe her at first lily comes in to reinforce and say i believe everything valerie's told me it's my fault i've been blind to julian's vices to his patterns, to his abuse, and it's about time I woke up and I hope that you'll side with us. Bo's the first one to go to Valerie because they've rounded up everyone at this point. Where did they meet Bo? Don't know, because what does Bo do outside of what they need? (laughs) (laughs) Poor Bo. Because Bo and Valerie are supposedly the closest, he's the first one to come to her side and uh, hug her and console her. Nora comes over next and gives her a hug and apologizes. Mary Louise is visibly distressed the whole time. I think of all of them, she's the one Julian has influenced the most, especially since his resurrection. He's been like goading her and pushing her, trying to help her fix the tension between her and Nora. He gave her a ring that he says is from some French princess. It sounded like bullshit to me. It sounded like the. (laughs) He gives me like pathological liar vibes of like, I'll say anything to win you over. So he gives her this fancy ring to use as a wedding ring. At this point, Mary Lou is sold on Julian, can't be separated from him. So she's like. Um, Valerie has actually lied to us numerous times in the past, and Valerie was like, Do you think I would lie about something this dire, this awful? In fact, Nora's the one who says that. Like, you can't believe that Valerie would make something as awful as this up. Come on. Mary Lou's like, She's been causing problems for us this whole time, and Nora was like, Yeah, and that's why we stick together. We need to make sure. We are in each other's corner as a family. Despite her hesitation, Mary Lou does go over and join them. Oh, Lily's supposed to go essentially entrap julian there's this like party that they're having where she's supposed to pretend you know everything's fine everything's chill this is actually prior to them divulging to the 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 heretics because the heretics are at the party they're with julian i think they they open the episode with them having a pancake breakfast and lily walks in and is like oh what this cute domestic scene damn i'm trying to kill this man (laughs) (laughs) at the party they're like we told you lily's no fun she won't let us feed and julian's like come on now love you've decided you're part of this family. No more nonsense with the Salvators. Be the woman I fell in love with, that I fought through hell for. All the same manipulative shit. So she's forced to now feed from this random person who's at their house because they've just thrown this party. Damon walks in. He looks disgusted as though he's never drank from people in his life. I don't know what that was about. So he runs off in disgust. Lily goes after him and is like, I had to pretend, obviously, we've got this plan going. I forget what he's even there to tell her. I think he's just there to judge. (laughs) Oh, but this is where they they hash out the situation of like oh yeah you've made it very clear you want nothing to do with me you tried to kill julian the other day knowing it wouldn't kill me too and damon's like listen you abandoned us every chance you got why should i care about you at all and she slaps him across the face i think she does in that moment go i am your mother <laughs> she literally goes i am your mother despite what else has transpired between us there's still that how can you hate me in this manner? Damon gives some Damon quip and then walks off.
1: Cue Megan Trainor saw.
0: <laughs> I'm like picturing an edit now where it starts playing in the background. <laughs> So she and Stefan have a conversation later while she's like prepping to go sort this out. Stefan essentially says, I mean, regardless where we go from here, I will always love you as my mother. And she seems very touched by this, especially because, right, the prospect of getting rid of this man who has been a fracture between them. Now there's this hope that maybe we can start anew. There is still something here despite everything. And now we can build something new. It's a shame I can't do that with, Damon, though, because listen, your brother wants nothing to do with me. Stefan is like, give it time. Yeah, it seems like he hates you, but how many times has he told me he hated me? And look at us now. (laughs) the beauty of eternity i mean
1: he wasn't there when damon told (laughs) lily that he didn't care about her anymore and it didn't even it didn't even seem rooted so much in the elena sleeping curse of it all it seemed more like damon was still very hurt about just losing his mother in general the quote-unquote abandonment where he he was just like i don't care anymore i think he tells her that (laughs) i wish i would have left you in the prison world (laughs) if i could do it all over again (laughs) i don't just see your face again i'm like damn damon's literally like i I should have found another way to get stefan's humanity back this has not been worth the trouble
0: i think even in a conversation with stefan because stefan chews him out for trying to kill julian while julian and lily were linked and damon has this really emotional and kind of moving outburst about how at least from his point of view she has consistently chosen other people over them. Yeah. Why should he do any different? There's this voice crack that happens in the middle of that outburst where I was like, oh my God, do I feel bad for Damon Salvatore? This is crazy. I mean, come on. And I do.
1: He's a victim of abuse. Who lost <laughs> the good parent he had. Then she came back and decided she didn't
0: want anything to do with him. Cut him some slack. I'm being a shit. This is, I've said to you before, there will come a time when I must relent on my Damon Salvatore stick, And this is the thing. Even on first watch, this was the season where I went, well shit, kind of a raw deal for Damon. Stefan assures her, listen, the promise of eternity as vampires, we've got enough time to figure this all out. Meta-textually, that's when I should have known. After Stefan and and Lily part, Enzo shows up because he still thinks he's in this. He comes to Lily and is like... Oh, well, now that you're going to kill your boy toy, smash. And Lily's like, I don't know, maybe. I'm kind of in a vulnerable place right now. And Enzo's like, that's all I need, baby girl. Let's run away together. Your sons will take care of this. You don't need to be involved in this plan. And she goes, I know you don't understand this because you don't have a a shred of integrity in your body. But I made this mess. I have to fix it. I will not leave the burden of it to my children when they've suffered enough as a result of my actions. They do... However, have a little canoodle. I can't remember if they kiss and I don't care to go back and check. Damon and Stefan go after Julian. I feel like they
1: attack him and they tie him up. I think it was was bouncing back and forth between Valerie having
0: to convince her
1: her surrogate sisters
0: Mary Lou and Nora so Julian is knocked out and locked up Stefan has gone off and that's when he has this conversation with Lily Damon is with Julian and Julian is busy trying to prod and poke trying to provoke him into a fight so that he can escape Valerie comes in and is like don't listen to him this is his usual trick he's trying to goad you into something that you know you can't get out of because he's a pathetic loser <laughs> 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 I love Valerie getting her moment Mary Louise comes in Mary Louise, who, if you'll remember, was very hesitant to believe Valerie. And even when they were all coming together, seemed very reluctant to join up. She comes in saying, I don't believe you. You've lied enough times. She knocks out Valerie with magic. Then she knocks out Damon with magic and she frees Julian. Lily comes back to find that Julian has been freed and Damon and Valerie are now tied up to a chair. He's on one now, he's like, ugh, oh, the influence of your unruly sons. I can forgive you for the treachery that you've done, but this must come to an end. And he hands her a stake and is like, you've gotta kill either Valerie or Damon as like a symbolic gesture of, are you choosing our family or are you choosing the Salvators?" Cause you cannot do both. Lily's now here at this Sophie's Choice crossroads, having to either kill the biological son who hates her guts or the sort of found family daughter who she's finally reconnected with. Damon has already sort of sealed the deal in his mind of like, yeah, obviously she's gonna kill me. Lily is like torn. She's, I mean, seeing Julian in the light finally and seeing him explicitly be the person she was warned about. So she takes that stake and she goes, actually, you don't get to take the power away from me anymore, all this time. I've shrunk myself in your shadow, I've let you run the show, but this choice I get to make for myself. And she takes the stake and she stabs herself in the chest because she's under the impression that she and Julian are still linked. She goes straight for the kill shot too, cause she's going. I'm kamikazing. I'm taking him down with me. I'm making sure he's dead. And the moment she drops julian chases after her, and goes, "No, my sweet foolish girl," which is the most disgusting thing that's ever left his lips. <laughs> this two hundred year old woman, my sweet foolish girl, <laughs> shut your mouth. She's dead because of you. Oh. But he's like, Mary Louise has already unlinked us, so now her death is in vain. In trying to protect both her children. Is
1: this not the second or third time this has happened in this universe where, as they're about to kill someone through someone else? Yeah. The, the connection between them
0: breaks and it's like oop, too late the link between the originals when they kill finn and bonnie has just unlinked them. they
1: killed finn who was the least threatening of all the original siblings
0: the only one who meant them no harm <laughs> and they killed him for nothing yeah 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 oh as this episode ends sort of in her dying throes because oddly enough she doesn't die immediately i have issues with that <laughs> So here's
1: my theory. Okay. Here's my theory. So she stakes herself. She went for the kill shot, like you said. And then they managed to get the stake out of her because it doesn't kill her instantly. I guess it didn't properly penetrate the exact right amount of her heart tissue to kill her instantly but they couldn't fish out all the pieces because there were still splinters inside her heartbeat and apparently each beat of her heart was bringing the splinters close to whatever the exact point to kill her is i was like you know what this feels like it feels like you wanted a prolonged death scene where someone is on their deathbed and isn't dying instantly but at this point you haven't got any werewolves available there's no more hybrids and also that have been done to death, you know, we'd seen we'd already seen Nadia die that way. I see you wanted this thing to happen, but with the the way you set up your world, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> How is this splinter lethal? It's in her heart. I don't understand. It's not terribly clear. Also, the heretics have magic. They can't telekinetically
0: pull a splinter out of her heart that hasn't already killed I her. I guess maybe it's like Jean Grey Nightcrawler from X2 Rules. You've got to see it in order to move it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Listen, I. I just, this is how we try to defend it i'm throwing spaghetti at the wall i agree with you <laughs> that it's like okay sure But the effect is had, she's on her deathbed, slowly graying from the bottom up as she dies. And all her children, besides Mary Louise, get to say the last words. Stefan is sort of, he says the first goodbye and then like holds court as everyone comes in to give their farewell. Damon's sitting in the back of the room with like a bottle of bourbon in his hand and he's downing it every time someone new walks in. And as everyone's done their thing, Stefan looks to him and says... Say something, and Damon comes close. The gray's up to her chin at this point, and he leans real close to her ear and says, "You made your bed. Have a nice nap." Which is crazy. the last thing that she hears before she dies. Which before she dies. Which I will say first: If you were planning that. Maybe go first and let everyone else say the nice (laughs) things so that the nice things are what she hears before she goes to the sweet hereafter. I know you're hurting. I know she hurt you. But Jesus Christ, please. But I think that in fiction, especially in like movies and TV shows, a lot of grace is given to family members, especially parents who have wronged their children or however you're related to the POV characters. You see it a lot of times where you get a character who wronged the POV person and is being encountered later in life when they've grown and changed as a person and have become this actually well-adjusted, put-together person. And there's obviously nuance for everyone is going through their own shit, everyone grows and changes in different ways and it's a shame that they weren't able to do that for you but maybe they can be better going forward yeah but for you the person who was wronged you're now left with this with this dissonance right you're left with this thing that you now have to grapple with and and this is not an accurate thing to say but it is the feeling you might get of oh i wasn't worth being good enough for Yeah. That family that you chose over me, you were great for them, but you abandoned me. So that person has to deal with that. And then layered on top of that is the expectation by other people and the insistence of the story that you have to forgive someone no matter what, because they're related to you by blood. And I defy that ideal in the strongest sense i agree if someone has wronged you in that irrevocable way and i do think i know i've been playing lily's advocate in this episode but the way in which she left them intentional or otherwise they are allowed to have whatever response and whatever journey they have as a reaction to that because she did choose another family
1: i also say it's sometimes not even just family members it's often just a thing of if you are the heroic character or you are, you know, the pure hearted protagonist, the moral thing for you to do is to always forgive someone. Sometimes even other protagonists will be telling their allies that, oh, you need to forgive, not just for them, but also for yourself, because it, 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 it will be good for your soul and blah, blah, blah. What comes to mind is growing up the episode, the Southern Raiders in season three of Avatar, when Katara finally confronts her mother's yes. killer. Yes. It being a kid's show. And Aang, having already given Katara that advice, it's very much set up that, oh, Katara is going to have to forgive the man who murdered her mother when she was, like, eight. And this is something that she needs to do to be a good person and to heal. And I was so surprised, but also happy, that at the end of the episode, she doesn't forgive him. She's like, no, I will never forgive this man for what he did. I will always hate him. But I've decided to let go of, like, actively hating him because I've realized he's not worth it. But I'll I'll never get to a place where I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, (laughs) I forgive you and I let go of of my pain and trauma. That you caused me. And who she does forgive is Zuka, who obviously did something nowhere near as bad. Yeah. I liked seeing that because so often, as you say in fiction, it's family members, but it's also sometimes just people who've done heinous things But because you're the hero, or you're the protagonist, you must be the bigger person. Another one that comes to mind is, I don't know if you finished season two of Heartstopper.
0: You think I hadn't finished Heartstopper? Come on now. <laughs> I watched that opening night.
1: <laughs> Charlie confronts his ex, Ben, who hasn't come to him to apologize for all the shitty things he did. And seems to genuinely well arguably maybe genuinely maybe just because he wants to move on and make himself yeah, feel better, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but is is at least being honest and saying i acknowledge that i did terrible things and i was shitty to you but in my at least in his own mind i i did actually like you i was just too much of a coward to do it in a healthy way and then charlie's like you know what you didn't love me i could have been anyone you just went for the easiest fix that you could find And you don't get to come here and apologize just so that you can feel better. I'm not going to forgive you. I hope that you heal from whatever is wrong with you and you go on into life and don't hurt more people. But as for me... All
0: the way separate from me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, absolutely. So I can agree with, with your sentiment that this thing of characters needing to forgive is not only unrealistic in terms of real life, but also kind of unfair. Like... We, we live in a world where people acknowledge
0: there are things that are unforgivable. Like- so my instinctual reaction just comes from me as a person who has a good relationship with my mother, where I instinctively go, that's your mother on her deathbed. You can't say something like that as she's dying. That's awful. But you just have to pause and remove yourself from the situation because people have different relationships with the loved ones in their life and they have their own trauma. So as much as it it stresses me out to watch it happen and it, it, it gives me bad feelings inside, he's fully allowed. But that is unfortunately... The last thing Lily Salvatore <laughs> hears before she does. Yeah, dies.
1: it was harsh
0: because he was clearly trying to hurt her. And you could blame Stefan. You could say, maybe
1: Damon wasn't going to say anything. But Stefan was like, bro, say something like Damon. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's like, damn. And there's no other side. She just went over to the suite hereafter.
0: <laughs> that was the She's last thing she has gone had. forever. There's no reunion. Yeah, that's. I, that's, I, I just wanted to make that known of the situation with damon and lily look at you
1: throwing damon a bone
0: uh <laughs> more than a bone i'll give him a nice bowl of kibble for this, <laughs> this storyline <laughs>
1: i will say it in, in as much as we're well into the portion of vampire diaries where i was fast losing interest the presence of lily salvatore was a very very interesting arc it was beautiful to see relationships of stefan and damon explored that weren't just brotherhood and romance i applaud the writers for that decision for bringing lily in they had some fun with her and some really good stuff and annie was a wonderful actress
0: and oh, she's brilliant yeah rest in peace annie i will say and i think i mentioned it earlier of like i think there's potential that's lost with lily in the season seven specifically, in the latter half of season seven, when she's like embroiled in all this man drama with, this, with her sons, with Julian, with Enzo, she ends up this pawn in between all their dynamics that I feel like she loses some agency in that. Even in the last act she does, in a lot of ways, it's her taking that power back. And that's nice. But at the same time, she dies for nothing at the whims of this man who was controlling her for so long yes it might heal something in damon even though he won't have to grapple with it until later in the season when he has to go into the phoenix stone we'll discuss that another time and yes it gives her closure in in some sense of i don't know her misgivings and her desire to leave behind that mother self that she was maybe she gets some closure on that but at the end of the day she dies julian lives And all these men keep on having these feuds. They bury her the next episode and then that's it. I do think that more could have been done with her. I don't know. It's very up in the air. I don't really have any ideas or ways it could have been better. But like, I just like a lot of female characters in this show. I I find myself wishing she had more. I guess what they had
1: started her off with was concluded by the end of season six. Where her main things were, oh, I'm also a ripper. And I'm battling with that. And also I want my family back. This this new family that I found. So once she had all that. Her main focus was unfortunately finding Julian. Who hadn't been in the prison world with them. And because, because he's a romantic interest. It then becomes. Oh she's just after her man. She's after her.
0: Her boyfriend. Yeah, I think that Julian is where it gets lost. I think in the early season seven, there were good elements of like, when we find out she's the one who got Kai to the sleeping beauty curse. When she uh, steals Elena's coffin and hides it where Damon can't find it. All those like vindictive moments, those speeches she gives Damon to like spite him a little bit. That's where she's the most fun. And that's where she's the most formidable and present. And the moment Julian shows up that is lost, which is like, I'm not saying I wanted her to be like ultra evil but i just think that sometimes that's the only way female characters are allowed to be interesting and are allowed to be like in control of the narrative
1: yeah i guess it's because when julian shows up because we know what we know it then becomes oh shame lily this poor victim who's been manipulated she doesn't know what's going on maybe that's why the writers didn't want to paint her as too evil because now it's like well you know that she's not really She's not really a bad person. She's just, she's been lied to. But I I did enjoy getting to explore more of her relationship with Stefan in season seven. I mean, all, all through season six, once she becomes relevant, Damon keeps saying, oh, Stefan was a mama's boy. Like, when he finds out Lily was a ripper, he's like, makes total sense. Stefan was a mama's boy. He would have hung himself with her apron strings if he thought it would please That her.
0: line is so biting, but actually kind of sweet. I mean, not in a healthy way, of course, but I do find it... It fits very well with the Stefan who we know. We see a Stefan who's very empathetic and nurturing and caring. Not to say Damon can't be those things, but he very often isn't. It it really kind of fits into that puzzle piece of Stefan that like, yeah, he's a mama's boy and look at his mom in the times when she's not being an antagonist. She's compassionate. She's trying her best to keep the peace. That is the thing that links them both the best of like, it's the Ripper thing. And it's that they're always trying their best to keep the peace to avoid conflict, to make sure everyone's getting along well. She's always trying to wrangle her heretic kids. He's always trying to wrangle his monstrous vampire brother. It makes so much sense. So I like that.
1: Maybe the reason that Damon is the way he is is because he attached himself to the worst parent like he, yeah he, he sought approval from giuseppe and then once he realized that wasn't going to happen then he just spent all his energy rebelling against giuseppe and his memory stefan was the one who was like i loved my mother and the, my last memory of her is an angel coming to me and telling me everything would be okay that's why i'm the sweet sensitive brother and damon is the one who's like i'm too cool to care about this <laughs> and once lily shows up you see that oh Damon was prepared to open himself up to Lily, but once he found out that, oh no, she had abandoned him, much like Catherine, who he spent centuries, well, over a century, waiting yeah. for, he was then like, oh, this shit again. You know what? I'm not even going to open this door. You're dead to me. Why even
0: bother? I think Stefan says he was the first woman to abandon him, So <laughs> <Which laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. But yeah, I mean that's all I've got on Lily unless you have anything
1: else. Beautiful name. I like I like the name. Her name is Lillian, but I also like her nickname Lily. Flower. It fits her vibe. I wonder if there's any like associations with the flower that they were going
0: for. I know it's usually thought of in its it's white phenotype, although it comes in other colors. Each different variety of Lily holds a different meaning, but the most common meaning is purity and fertility, fresh life and rebirth. Oh,
1: makes sense. Vampire and fertility. She's a mom, I guess. (laughs) The tracks. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Hey, like I said, she would have had to work a lot harder to be the worst mom in this universe.
0: Oh, for sure. Honestly, she's doing okay. That is the episode. That's it from us. But if you have any questions or thoughts about, I mean, Lily Salvatore or any of the characters or our episodes, you can mail them to us at animalattackpod at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at animattackpod. That's at a-n-i-m attack pod you will find a link tree in our bio that can take you to all our online stuff let us know how you feel about the show are you enjoying it do you like the format is there anything you'd like to see in future just drop us a line and we'll be curious to see but other than that thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next one cheers bye